hello, 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 and welcome once again to the How Long Speak podcast. Uh, as always, uh, joining me, Rick, is Alex. Hello. And Paula. Hey there. And this week, we've got fucking loads of games to talk about. So lots of completions, mostly me. Lots of retirements, again, mostly me. Lots of currently playing games, mostly not me. Um, so <laughs> sort of balanced across the way um and the topic this week is even more games um we're returning to something we tried a little while back where we're going to recommend each other's or recommend each other games recommend games to each other um and then we'll finish off with even more games or one more game specifically in the latest rendition of how, how long, long to, to be, be? The, game. the game the game um, and let's jump straight in. Why don't you two start off in terms of the beaten games? Because you've both talked or both beaten. Wow, I'm doing very well here. You've both, <laughs> you've both played it. games within the same series. Um, Paola, why don't you kick us off? So this was a journey, quite a journey indeed. I finished the whole uh, Giftscape collection, all nine games. Uh, between the last recording and this one, and who mm -hmm. boy, what a trip it was! Especially because of how trippy some of the stuff is in these games. Like, oh my god, some of the puzzles were really out there. Um, I'm trying to think what uh, the overall story is. I still like, I kind of know, and it is actually related to the game that I played last time. That is the White Door, as in. As some event that happened and sent you to the game in the white door, the white door is the same event you're investigating here. That's all I can say. And I have to say, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, it has to be was it Harvey's box? Because mm. you, that's the bird you, one, you are right? in a box. You're, yeah, that's the bird one. And I found it to be like so unique compared to the others because mm. they scale pretty much everything is gigantic uh compared to you so they had to be like more creative on how they approach like the you know um i guess the structure of the thing or how to make you use some of the stuff over there uh i haven't played paradox i mean i i played chapter one and then i noticed i had to pay for chapter two and i already my my gaming budget already went on the drain, so I have to wait for a month before getting that. Even though it's very cheap, but I I have to be very strict with my budget because reason. Um, the first part was uh, amazing. My like top notch uh, rest lake. And yeah, like the. I really like the games, even though some of them, which ones did I rate uh, lower? Like there are a couple of them that were more like meh, like they felt quite um, repetitive or like quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like compared to the other ones, I felt less inspired. I felt That's like that about I'm the gonna... male one. Yeah, the male one in particular. Yeah. I thought that was like the worst of all of them. It, it just was like, I've seen all of these puzzles in other Rusty Light games, and it's like, eh, this, was, this was a hit and a miss. 
Yeah, and the other one that was more interesting, but a little bit more of a pain in the ass to play, was the cave, the one in the submarine. Ah, uh, yeah, it's cool, but is it? You're right, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, like the 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 third or fourth time that you have to navigate the deep part of a lake or the ocean. I don't know what you're supposed to be navigating. Well, the lake. Uh, right? That was like lake. okay, okay. <laughs> it's probably the the lake, but the third or fourth time that i was going to the, through the motions it was like okay i get it i get it can it be any faster please mm. uh but the idea was pretty cool i have to say yeah i think that's the biggest um weakness of the collection is that like i'm sure had you played these because I don't, I don't know how long it took in between i'm sure it took not super super long um but like i have a feeling more distance between each one probably helps these games a lot um because, yeah, they don't necessarily fully repeat, but you're totally right that you do get to a point in a few of them where you are sort of repeating aspects of puzzles that just get a little tedious. You're like, okay, I, okay, I fucking get it. <laughs> um, you're like, let's move yeah, on. Yeah, like, in one hand, if you play them, like, uh, with some days or months between them, you don't feel like the same tiredness after repeating the same kind of puzzles over and over again. But in my opinion, I think there's some specific the games they, that they expect you to play like back to back because the puzzle of the game or like there's a specific puzzle in one game that refer back to another event to yeah. of the prior game. And they were like, uh, some of the extra trophies that you could only like remember to to get or like or Easter eggs more more like trophies like Easter eggs that that you will only be able to solve if you played uh, the prior game um, relatively like not as long ago and and or you have taken notes of your puzzle solutions. Mm. And to be um, fair, I don't think anyone understands what's going on in this game. <laughs> it's kind of the point, yeah. Yeah. They're, um, they're veiled in mystery very much intentionally. Yeah. Very Twin Peaks. They're still <laughs> mm. And I suppose that that's an interesting sort of run on because it looks like you've played both parts of Paradox, Alex. Yeah, yeah I, I played both. Because I had this, um, long story short, we let someone... Uh, stay at our place like a friend of ours um well before they were moving somewhere for like a month or two and uh i mean we weren't even in town but they left like a 25 dollars gift card to like google play and i was like well i guess i'll just use that to buy all the uh games because <laughs> um, i wasn't gonna buy anything else on fucking google play i was like i don't i don't buy anything on this ever so i'm like well fuck it might as well do this um so yeah i went and i got that part there and i uh, i watched the little the video which they did a very good um short film for that one actually which i think might have been part of their kickstarter like um stuff i think because I, th I think most of these were kickstarted weren't were they or at least some of them were maybe i don't know yeah i remember seeing something along that line th th i think this one in particular did because there's like a a shelf in there where there's just like a shit ton of uh kickstarters that you have to like flick through and you're like <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I get it. You fucking kickstarted this. This is a shit <laughs> reward. Don't don't fucking do this, developers. Don't put your kickstarters in the goddamn <laughs> game. It drives me crazy. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't give a shit. 
And even if I if I funded a game, I also would not give a shit. Put me in the credits, sure, but don't put me in the fucking game. Um, if it's gonna bother everybody, now you're just making everyone else mad. Anyway, that's my rant. Um, but <laughs> I always need to sneak one in there. Um, but this these are really good. I, I won't lie to you. I used a guide for a lot of it because man, it gets pretty fucking obtuse in this one. Um, because this one has you kind of swapping brains, which isn't a spoiler because it you will not understand what that means unless you play a game. <laughs> um, but uh, that mechanic um, is great. It's actually very cool and, and it's awesome. But uh, you know, you just get to a point and you're like, I just don't care enough to like really dig into this and like try to figure everything out on my own. And also the problem was I had stopped playing for a bit. And then when you come back, you don't remember any of the logic of the things that you've done, right? And you don't know where you're at. So I was like, shit, I got to grab a guide here. And then I figured out where I was. And I was like, okay, we're good. But some of them, you know, okay. For the PC one, I think I can understand the idea of taking notes. But the problem is that it, it doesn't actually translate well to mobile in the sense that you need to really take notes on stuff. And it's like, well, I can't really, I'm playing this on the go, man. I don't have my like notebook. I'm going to pull out <laughs> your fucking star. You know what I mean? So it's like you're screenshotting shit. And then you got to remember. And like my least favorite thing with puzzle solving is being required to memorize a sequence. I think it's really basic and lame puzzle design um, because all it's requiring is you to remember something, right? And it's not even like complicated because it's like, for me, my thing is like, I really love, there's a lot of puzzle games these days where when you actually find everything, it's like, you've got it now and you'll just go in and it can input it for you. And I really wish they had shit like that for this one because I just think it doesn't cheapen the solving of the puzzle. And you could still make it so that it's like, you know, not possible to, I don't know, uh, solve it without like actually intentionally knowing it, right? Like, you you know, maybe you don't just get the clue when you open something. But like, it would be nice if you had something where you could like open it up and like write down the thing that you need. You know what I mean? Like, it just, I don't know. Like, it feels old to me in a not good way you know like in times when i'm playing i'm like i really wish that we could get rid of this style of puzzle game or at least the style of puzzle i mean not game at least at the very least less of it right i don't want almost like there, there were at least like 10 or so times where i had to memorize a sequence like that it, it was that much um to the point where you're like uh, is there anything else that we can do in here? Because <laughs> when Rusty Lake is at its strongest is when it's doing these cool, fun things where you're like mixing components together and you're like um, finding like fun things and like, you know, rearranging stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's to me when it's at its like absolute like peak. Um, so yeah, I'd, I I felt really mixed bag with this one. I've been starting Rusty Lake Hotel. Um and those ones already feel like they're they're quite a step above um, the Cube Escape games in terms of complexity at the very least. Because there's like story to it. I was like, oh, wow. They're like actually attempting to put more story in this one here. Um, which, oh, I should probably put that on my plane because I'm doing that. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not going to put it on there. We'll just um, we'll just we'll just say I talked about it now because I don't have a lot more to say about the game um, and the fact that it's, you know, uh, now is a better time to talk about it anyway that essentially you know it, it just has a little more to it right like you're going to different rooms but you do get locked into them and have to solve it which probably solves their brain bendingness of like oh god am I in the right one and saves people from having to backtrack but uh, anyway uh, I 
you know, it's funny. I talk about all this stuff, but like the most of the complaints I have, it's just because like it's a good game, right? And like these are the things where, it, again, it's that common thing we we pitfall we've fallen into many times where it's like it's a great game. I just wish it was better. Um, you know, focus on the two that he yeah. missed rather than the eight that it hit almost. Exactly, because yeah, I, I would I would honestly call them an eight. Like pretty much most of them are like eight out of tens for me. I mean, the collection that's probably where I would put it. Though I think Paul is right that in the collection there's like a, a few that they're not that great <laughs> um but yeah as a whole i mean look there's a lot of them they're all escape room ones they're mostly unique it's an impressive achievement you know um but then you compare it to things like the room and you're like this is shite compared to that so it's like it's one of those things right where yep. <laughs> yeah like i'd even argue even the room which has problems with it is miles above this series like just miles um in terms of its storytelling, which is also archaic and also sort of um, kind of puts you out there a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think also, uh, I don't know if, I don't think, I don't think they've hired professional voice actors and I really think they should. Because um, the voice acting is fucking shit, man. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it's really fucking bad. It's really bad. Like, and they distort it to save it a bit. It, though. it, it is bad like there's no there's no dispute Listen, on that there i do think there's yeah. a charm to it there's a charm sure there's a charm because it's bad you know what i mean <laughs> which which is fine that's fine but i think something you need to ask maybe yourself a little bit is like is that what i want my voice acting to be perceived as you know what i mean <laughs> like sure i yeah. I'd take the point yeah but anyway uh is what it is it's a fucking mobile game that you can play for free uh, you know, mm. you know what I'm saying? I mean, can't fucking complain that much. I did, but you can't really like take it. <laughs> I did and I will, but you can, but you probably shouldn't. But yeah, exactly. Can. So it's like, that's that, you know what I'm saying? That's where it is. But I, I gave them my money. So I feel like I can, I could say a little bit. I bought all their stuff. So, you know, <laughs> um, so put it this way. They are the ones who can laugh. They got my money. <laughs> anyway, Rick, regale us with all this shit. Tell me about the one that I am very happy you played. Uh, well, I'll get to that one. I want to quickly okay. clear out um, Wavetail first. So Wavetail is the first of seven games that I've finished um, since yeah, we last recorded. It's worth saying a couple of those are very, very small experiences. We'll get to them as we go. Um, I'm going to hit them in the order that I beat them. The first of those is Wavetail, um, which is the game I was playing the last time we recorded. It gets a bit better. I know I was, I was quite lukewarm on it last time. Um, there does come a little bit of variety in the mission structure, um, there does come a little bit more variety in the enemy types. There's a couple of boss encounters that um, change things up a little bit. And the story goes in a predictable but somewhat interesting direction. Um, I still don't think it's great. I think it's a really good sale game. And there is absolutely still a charm to surfing around um, on the water. It's got a very um, water world vibe, but particularly for a Switch game, um, the look and the physics and the feel of skating around on the water, the momentum you can get with some of the aerial stunts you can do and the grapple um, maneuvers that that unlocks for you. I do think there is a charm to it. Um, I just wish I hadn't paid £20 for it. I think, you know, half price sale, 10 £12, I think is a very fair price for um, sort of four to five hours of game. Um, and it's nice that this team managed to get the game off Stadia because that's not been true for everybody. Um, their game clearly wasn't as embedded into that system as others. They've been able to port it. 
Um, and I'm, I'm glad that people do get to continue to experience this game. Um, the second game I beat, and this is the one that Alex was alluding to moments ago, um, is Pixel Puzzle Makeout League. Uh, this is a game that you played, what, six, seven months ago, Alex, and recommended to us might both. Might be even longer both. than that at this point. But might yeah. be even longer than that. Yeah. And this is the thing. I was off work for a couple of days and um, was trying to tidy up my computer. And I thought, well, that's taking four gigs of space on my, on my SSD and has mm. been doing for a long time. And I should probably play it. And I have to say, I'm, I'm not nearly as warm on it as I think you were. Oh, yeah, um, that doesn't surprise me. But <laughs> the, the pixel puzzling is quite good but it's hard to get that wrong people do get it wrong but like oh they can get it wrong <laughs> they can and they, they can will. i think they, it's a lot easier shouldn't. than you think yeah yes exactly I, they shouldn't but they do <laughs> in this instance the pixel puzzling is quite good everything around it is shit <laughs> and it, this was my problem with it ultimately so the the, the whole conceit is well let's make a Picross game that has a central narrative and a story around it. And conceptually, I think that is an idea that shouldn't work. For the most part, doesn't work. But it's interesting that they managed to get as close as they did. Because actually, as you're going through the, the visual novel segments, um, occasionally a puzzle will pop up um, and you'll solve it. And the picture that that puzzle creates is going to be thematically relevant to the conversation that they're having. Um, and it, <laughs> there's a token attempt to tie it into the narrative in the sense that all of the main characters are um, superheroes named after a puzzle. So uh, you play as Pixel Puzzle Girl, and then so, yeah. there's literally there's a character called Chess. Three guesses what his puzzle thing is. Crossword, Ditto, Sudoku, and uh, an anthropomorphic puzzle piece called Pecia, who made the least sense but probably was my favorite. Oh, it's um, easily the best of all of them. That there's a real consistent sort of lol random to her, but I think it works yeah. because of how straight it's played and how heavily they lean into it. The overarching narrative, I think, was an okay idea. I think it could have been followed through on. The writing is not good. <laughs> and that sort of hamstrings the whole experience. Conversely, a little bit like Paradox, there's like a, a video at the end. There's like a... Um, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler to say that ties into the narrative. Um, reminds me a little bit of Welcome to Elk. And actually, I think it would be an interesting counterpoint for you to go back and play that one, Alex, and see that almost from the inverse direction of the way that I've seen it. Um, and I liked that part a lot. But I actually, for the most part, was skipping the story bits to get to the pixel puzzle bits. Oh, I did that too. I, I skipped pretty much all of it. But then if you're going to do that, why would you not download one of Jupiter's games for Switch or DS? Because I've played all of Jupiter's games. <laughs> <laughs> you can't understand, my dude. I've played all of them. I've like, I've 100%ed all of their games. That's the reason why I played Pixel Puzzle Maker yeah. League. You play this game when you beat everything. I was like twitching, dude. I was like, ah, I need more. <laughs> <laughs> But for those of, of our audience who retain some of their sanity, <laughs> go and play those and skip this one. If you do need another pixel puzzle fix, this is a good pixel puzzle stroke pit cross game. Yeah. That component of it is good. The story is not, but the pixel puzzling is good. And again, it, it it's I keep saying the story's not good. There's a degree of frustration because it could have been. I actually like the yeah. angle they were going. 
they were way too um, overt with it and forceful. I think if you're a little bit more subtle about the way you name those characters and the way that you make other parts move around, there's certain reveals that are given way too early. I, well, they're not writers, that's for sure. That, no, and, and it was clearly a very small <laughs> team that made this game. At least one of the people who made it really wants to be a videographer. That much is clear. Um, <laughs> they needed a really good editor to tighten this up and move this stuff around. Um, last point on this before I move on, there is a really, really fun RuneScape-esque side quest that I had a blast with. I really, really liked that. Um, I thought it was very clever the way that they implemented that. Um, but go and find that bit on YouTube and then play a different Picross game is my verdict on this. Um, game number three of seven, uh, Beyond a Steel Sky. So this is like a... a sequel to beneath a steel sky about 25 30 years hence and it was a difficult one to play because so much of what this game does is um basically worshipping the original it's the worst kind of sequel from that perspective mm. um and i haven't counted it as a completion because I played it with a walkthrough and, and just to sort of experience things again and, and did it very very quickly but i did go back and replay beneath a steel sky after I finished Beyond a Steel Sky. One, just to appreciate just the level to which they've um, ensured that there's a consistency in that world and referred back to events and characters, but also just to understand from my own perspective whether it was fair for me to feel that this was a real step back from the original. I, I, on reflection, it absolutely was. Um, mm. In every respect, I think the art is this awful, like halfway cel-shaded 3D thing with not nearly enough love given to animation and it looks nice in moments but it's not a patch on what the original had in terms of that pixel art and you can tell that there are certain places that corners were cut in terms of skyboxes and things like that the kind of corner cutting that uh, is much more obvious in a 3d world with free camera camera movement as opposed to sort of static single screen point and click um the story Overall, I think was good, but there are missteps. Um, it's far clumsier and far more convoluted and presents more holes and questions and, and um, points of confusion to you than the original did. And at the same time, it relies utterly on you having played the original to have any kind of impact whatsoever. Um, so it, it it brings the main character from the original game back to Union City um, in universe about a decade for the events of the original game. Um, and it does give you sort of an intro comic and a couple of little flashbacky bits to sort of fill a new player in. But I really do think that you have to have played the first to have any real understanding of the second. Um, it's pivotal that you understand the way that that game ended and not just from the the little explainer they give you, but from a perspective of having done it, um, because there are um, thematic points, there are uh, event points that are skimmed over, but are actually sort of hugely relevant to things that go on. Um, key characters that come back who are big reveals, but don't have any impact whatsoever. Um, if you didn't play the original, even if someone who played the original, there are a couple where I had to go back and double check. There's one character in particular um, who comes back First as a hologram, and then as an actual character, um, with a different hair colour. 
so that that's an attention to detail point that they missed that totally threw me off um and it's one that i only really got once i then went back and double checked the original game so a point of weakness there quite a few of the puzzles the one really really bright spot that the new game has it introduces a hacking tool um in the form of a scanner and i i'd say half maybe more than half of the puzzles in game rely on utilizing this scanner to move around commands between different sort of internet of things technologies and that is somewhat novel not utilized to its fullest but utilized well and the puzzles that asked that of they weren't necessarily particularly hard because of the way it's structured so as to a make sense and b not just fall over immediately um it tends to be quite obvious what your solutions are once you've got things mapped together um and i think in a game maybe with more budget more time more focus i would have liked them to have more capacity for you to do those bits incorrectly and get those bits wrong as it stands i think it's well implemented in the way that it is to the extent that it is um but the game as a whole just felt like a a, a pale imitation of the original and i think that the most damning indictment is that that it want it made me want to play the original so much because i i could see what i was missing um and in some senses i think that that's arguably a positive you know that there's nothing worse than a sequel that sort of pretends that the original didn't exist sort of thing. So it's like, well, why are you even bothering? Um, and, and this game has all kinds of callbacks. There was one, um, and it becomes relevant in the story later. So um, I understand why they had to do it. But when they first sort of call back to um, a particular port that the character gets put into the back of his head in the first game, it's like, oh, I remember. And I think for the most part, that is done tastefully but the, the problem is that it's all the game has the the new elements the game brings are just weak like really really weak the the good bits are the bits that stand on the shoulders of the original um and and i think in this particular instance that's a bad thing um so disappointed on the whole with this one i think is probably probably my takeaway neither of you guys have played either of the steel sky games have you no, I think I own probably that game in like six different formats because it's been given away so much. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not somehow they wanted it to. That is that is for sure. No, yeah, I think I have both of them on. I definitely, I think I definitely own both of them on PC. Um, and I, I, you know, I will never play them. Let's be honest. Let's be real here. <laughs> I want I to, and I never you will. To play the original. Don't worry I about know. the sequel. I would encourage you to play the original, or even just watch it on YouTube. There's a like three-hour walkthroughs actually i might do that because it's, it's just a point and click isn't it so like it to is, be honest i'm just gonna play with a walkthrough anyway <laughs> you do miss a little bit of the text and actually the original the puzzles in the original are done very very well oh are they um, okay if you play it on a on a gog or something else often there are hint systems built in and oh, on the okay. ios version that i played back in the day it's got an inbuilt hint system and actually beyond the steel sky has got quite a good hint system built in as well so credit where it's due on that front also. Well, um, I, I could be convinced to try that then. Yeah, I, I should have put that one on for our topic, really, shouldn't I? If I'd known. But definitely play the original. The original's great. The sequel you you can safely skip. I actually think it sort of sullies some aspects of the original. Not not massively, but a little bit. I just don't think it's worth um anyone's time really. Very disappointed with that one. Um Playthroughs four to six of seven for me are little 
itch.io experiences that I've had tabs open to play for a little while. And again, when I had a few days off work, I finally made the time to pick up. First of those is a game called Monkey Warp. Um, this is one I think that was nominated for Itchmas and didn't make the cut. Um, it is better than any of the games that are in Itchmas 22. Um, it's a really, really good, so 20 minute long um, action platformer. It's in the Game Boy style, although it's not playable on Game Boy hardware. It's just made with that sort of visual, um, uh, visual language. And you control a monkey who can throw a banana and swap places with that banana. So the banana is a weapon, but it doubles up as a, as a mobility tool. Um, can be a little bit finicky, but for the length and for the price, well worth experiencing. Um, I had a lot of fun with this one. It does feel not unique per se, because I know there are other games that have done this concept. Um, Daggerhood on Vita springs to mind, but I think the motif and the length and the confidence with which it's done um single this one out as as worth experiencing um second of the three is a game called tower bag this is a tower defense game where you have a single tower and you move it around as you see fit so it's almost this asynchronous gameplay if you have to make sure the tower's in the right place um but you also have to take your character and pick up gems that you use to then upgrade the tower um you run faster when you're holding the tower but when you're holding the tower it does not fire um, so the game is a, a 10 minute sort of plate spinning exercise and it nails it. I don't think this would work in a longer game, which is a shame because I really, really, really enjoyed my time with it. Um, but it is a lot of fun. I think it was a game jam game as well. I don't think they made it in very long. Um, so kudos to the team behind that. Um, and then the final game is, uh, a little, um, short narrative experience called, is it that deep bro? Um, this is about two guys going to watch Brokeback Mountain in the cinema together and going, homo or no homo? It's good fun. I, I don't want to say any more and spoil it. If that sounds interesting to you, A, you're right, it is. I think it's a really good concept. And B, find five, ten minutes somewhere and, and go and play this. It's got multiple endings. I only saw the one ending. I was very happy with that ending. Um, the writing for this is phenomenal. It's really, really well done. Um, it low-key spoiled the film for me because I've never seen Brokeback Mountain. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, it's a good movie, actually. There's been yeah, much, much better, um, you know, queer representation in cinema since, but it was pretty, pretty groundbreaking for its time. For its time, for sure. Which wasn't even um, that long ago. <laughs> no, it's 06. What, yeah. 17 years as we record? Yeah. Yep. Man. And what's his face? Heath Ledger, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. And then final game. Um, Trying to think of a good pun for this one. I haven't got one. Uh, this is another game that was taking up way too much space on my on my hard drive or on my SSD, I should say. Um, and it's a game called Unheard. So the concept of this one is you are working with novel police detective tech that allows you to move around a crime scene and listen to the audio as it happened from the sources that it happened at in real time. Um, and so you get to sort of scrub back and forward and move between things. And your job is to match the um, voices with the people that were speaking and then also identify from listening to all those conversations who done it and, you know, particular questions about the, the way the crime took place. Um, this was a game developed in the East. It's got a phenomenally good localization. 
um, which has basically involved them remaking the whole game because of the the nature of the mechanics. You, you have to, to make it work. And unfortunately, there are a couple of DLC campaigns that we didn't get for exactly that reason. It was just too much effort for them to um, localize those also, which is disappointing but understandable. Um, the game's not especially deep which is fine because it only takes a few hours i um i clocked this in under three um how long to beat seem to have it as four and a half five hours but um to my mind that that is a gross overestimation of how long it really takes um because my time included a 10 minute break i took in the middle without closing the game i played in a single sitting um and i think that speaks to how compelling the setup is um there's something very gripping about watching different tagged sort of um, audio sources move around a scene and decide, well, actually, do I want to hear how this bit plays out or do I want to go and see what they're doing over there and putting all the pieces together? Um, There is an overarching narrative. I didn't think that part was good, personally, but all of the individual cases in and of themselves, very engaging, very strongly done. Um, I actually think both of you would really vibe with this game. Um, I think as a shortish sort of detective experience with a different kind of interface, um, I think it would be really, really worth playing. Have either of you played this, actually? If you haven't already. No, I haven't. I haven't even heard about it. Burundt. Um, right, and yes, I will stop hitting my desk and making bump sounds. You should have just told me that. Well, Alex, I didn't want to interrupt it a bit, but it's fine. No, I just, I'm hearing all this bump, 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 bump. I'm like, how do I say something without just interrupting him? Right, there so, you go. so you have heard those? Yeah, yes, I've heard those. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't my best work. I'll, I'll cop to that. Um, but the game is good, and you should both check it out it sounds cool i like the idea yeah same um i i liked it a lot i i I ended up giving it an eight out of ten i feel like i probably dinged it more than was entirely fair for the overarching narrative being a bit weak but the game is is a narrative game and i think that kind of deficiency counts for more than it would for say a bayonetta or a um A Mario Odyssey or a more action-focused game, shall we say? I yeah. said Bayonetta very weirdly. Then, anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> I was, like, was going to say anything. I was like, "Huh." <laughs> That's fine. Um, so let's roll into retirements. Uh, could you, Alex, say something about um, the game you've retired? Yeah, I didn't have like. Uh, this is more like you know when you get those um, retirements where you're just like, "Yeah, we're not." gonna beat this it's like that's the kind of on here where it's like retirement by just like lifestyle at this point so like my partner and i are playing uh gears of war together and like we've just been so freaking busy like it's been insane um the shift she's working on like has just was insane and nuts and like at the end of the day neither of us have really even had the energy to like play games let alone um play gears of war which is like does require a fair bit of focus and skill to get through so we're like you know what i have a feeling this is going in the retirement bin it's still a great game but i i do think the um it's not which is insane it doesn't feel like it's super well optimized um on the xbox at least on series x it like has moments where you're just like oh it crashed okay great and like we almost got stuck in a second there and 
Also, it's from the era of poop brown everything. So, like, my partners had such a hard time seeing the enemies, um, which, you know, that uh, I'm I've been fine because I'm just used to that era, right? Like, that was literally the era I like grew up on. Like, in terms of the time mm-hmm. when I could start like really spending my money on games, right? Like, that was the era for me. So. You know, it's sort of second nature, but like I hadn't even really realized like how insanely difficult it is to recognize. And also when they fix up the graphics a bit, right? Like it's it's made it more apparent because everything actually looks better now. But that also means that every scene is more complex, which also means that it's now more difficult to see the enemies because every scene is more dense. Um, So it's kind of a double-edged sword a little bit. Like you have to update it. You just did. Like, they did have to update it. Like, it it was the right choice to make. It's just that, yeah, it doesn't look so hot sometimes. <laughs> um, which I don't really know. Uh, or, like, it is in the sense that, like, it's really hard to see. It looks good, but it's hard to see. Anyway, um, that's that's kind of all I have to say about it. Um, I, I do hope we will actually finish this sometime because she was really enjoying it playing like it wasn't like a case of like not liking it like she she was getting into it um but i just think realistically like we're going away next uh to, well as of recording this we're gonna we're, we're heading uh heading on vacation the next day so we're not gonna be playing games or on vacation i mean i will but <laughs> she won't <laughs> so you bring the switch and the game boy advance for it's time to play <laughs> anyway what about you rick you've got fucking hell uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have actually got a segue into into what we're playing. So if you want to jump in first, Paula, um, give my voice a little bit of a break after all those completions as well. Yeah, for um, like you three have seconds. Retired a game. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, so I retired Jurassic World Evolution 2, which I wanted to try it out since it was on Game Pass, and I really enjoyed the first one. I have to say the second one is kind of a letdown, mainly because instead of uh, building your apart from the ground up and like uh, DNA splicing your dinosaurs to make it like more resistant to uh, to illness or like make them more attractive to tourists or stuff like that. Instead, you're just trying to um, take over the or take back the certain areas of the United States because I don't know what happened in the movies because I haven't watched them but it seems they had some kind of dinosaur uh, problem because some poachers decided to say something like hey what if we bring the those dinosaurs from the island to the USA uh, or something like that it's what I'm imagining so there's some free dinosaurs uh, you start in Arizona and you have to record them and put them into cages and it's kind of like build up work with the dinosaurs you're finding and that wasn't a lot of fun especially since you have to manually pilot the helicopter uh, to tranquilize the dinosaurs and manually fire the tranquilizer so that was that wasn't particularly fun to me and there wasn't as much micromanaging as in the first one so in the end i was kind of bored because nothing was really happening in the game like come on let me have my dinosaurs breaking out of the cages and i have i have to 
save the tourists before they get eaten by uh by the velociraptors or something like that. Give me some. Or stopped by a triceratops. So, give me some what? Some excitement. Yeah, you get me. Um, I get you. And I wasn't really getting like any excitement for playing these games, so it was like, eh. well, at least I didn't uh, spend any money on it besides the subscription. So, well, it was worth a try, and I was super excited for this one when the trailer came out because I was like, hey, we're getting some. Uh, sea dinosaurs or sea reptiles to put into the park and we're having like more variety of stuff to make the park and it's like no you actually no this is like um okay it's easier but not enough of play it's more generic i guess it's a more generic city builder like park builder whatever builder so yeah well i wasn't happy about this uh, Rick, now it is your turn. Now it's my turn. Um, so I've got six retirements. Yep, let's go with my seven completions. Uh, it's been it's been not a busy week for me. So. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> in every other field of my life, no. It's okay. Actually, um, I'm gonna have a March break coming up in like a couple weeks, so I will be you in a few weeks. <laughs> oh, I'm. <laughs> um so first game is light crusader um i did play a little bit of this as part of my ongoing quest to at least try all of the um treasure games in their um catalog it's a really generic sort of console rpg from that period of time it's by no means bad it's just quite thin um you have one swipe attack and some magic and that's supposed to sort of take you through these isometric dungeons i i wanted to try it i think at the time it probably would have been quite compelling but um coming to it now it was not unfortunately um so i got to the first boss i beat the first boss and i was like yeah so parked that one um second game i parked and i hate to admit it but you were right about this one alex unfortunately is crypt of the necrodancer yeah. Um, again, by no means bad, but it just wasn't holding my attention. Um, the game does have a bit of a problem where, like, the there's an initial um, progression curve, and then that curve just flattens off. Yeah. Um, you stop sort of being able to get extra stuff unless you progress past a certain point. And actually, when you take away the rhythm component, um, the dungeons themselves are relatively plain um there's only so much you can listen to the same couple of songs over again um i i could see myself playing this if i didn't have other things to play and getting better at it and enjoying it none of this is to say it's a bad game it just wasn't holding my attention um i am looking forward to cadence of hyrule at some point because as i understand it they smooth off the roguelike edges of that and it's just like a Zelda game with that mechanic for combat. My thoughts uh, is that this game walks so Cadence of Hyrule could run because Cadence of Hyrule is an incredible game. This game is a great idea that just can't doesn't really hold you. You know, it, it's almost too arcade. I, I, I think I probably agree with that, particularly on, on Necrodancer. Obviously, I can't speak to Hyrule yet, but I, I do look forward to trying that eventually. I have got a copy sat on the shelf somewhere, nice. um, so that that is going to happen. 
Um, what isn't going to happen is me playing any more of this next game. Uh, the Joy Lancer Legendary Motor Knight. I have had this game since like 2014, 2015. It's been sat on my Steam library forever. It's been sat on my computer forever. I don't remember this being an early access game, but when I went to check the Steam page, it was an early access game. So I don't know how that happened. As a policy, I generally don't buy early access games. Um, I couldn't get this game to run with more than four FPS on the introductory credits. So it's clearly not been well optimized. I got slightly more FPS running it in like Windows 7 compatibility mode. Eh. Just not not the one. Maybe I'll try again in a few years and maybe it'll run a bit better. Maybe it'll be finished. Um, (laughs) The Steam reviews suggest probably not. But it's a shame because the the artwork looks good. The impressions do seem to be that what little people played of it was quite good. But I don't have that kind of time just to fight with it and get the thing to work. It's just not not where I'm at right now. I've got too much fun stuff going on. Um, similar story again with this next one, Clonoa 2, Lunatea's Veil. Fucking boring, man. Like, And the Clonoa games have always been straightforward. Um, that's fine. I don't mind that. Um, but so much of this game is, is padded story that I kept skipping. Um, and then like linear segments with these collectibles that you've got to get. I probably would have liked this game a lot more if I hadn't already played both the Game Boy Advance entries. Um, the benefit of those is that they didn't have this graphical thing to aim for. So everything was, um, squashed down into it into its core components streamlined a little bit that you get to the good stuff more quickly the filler comes out in in demaking it onto a handheld system um and the gba games are fantastic i recommend them to just about everybody um they're really accessible nice fun just good good time hard to say that really for the for the main entry ones the first one wasn't too bad um the second one they focused on expanding the wrong things in my view and that is to the game's detriment um so i played maybe about an hour um i got past the first boss i got through the first sort of skateboarding segment shall we say um and i just i didn't want to play anymore um again it's not bad it's just not compelling um, which I feel like is a, is a through line for for almost all of these games. Um, we'll be at the last two are a little bit different. So the first one of the last two um, is Alien Soldier. This is the last of the Genesis treasure games. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say this isn't compelling. Um, the mechanics they have down pat, 2D action, their wheelhouse for sure. Um, what they seem to have done with this is they've taken the Gunstar framework made the character sprite a little bit bigger, focused on bosses. One of the big negative things they've done is um, take away the unlimited shots. So your weapons have ammunition. Now, I think what the game wants you to do is rely on the um, parry system it's got built in. So if you double tap the shoot button, you do like a block thing and you can turn projectiles by doing that into uh, little collectibles you can pick up for health and I think extra ammo. The problem is when you've got bosses uniquely that you're facing, a lot of them very sort of melee focused, 
Um, it's not a great combo. And as much as I love that Gunstar framework and the movement feels just as good on this game, um, I don't really want to fight with ammo limits on this kind of game. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing just objectively, um, let alone, you know, for me. But um, I decided after beating the first boss and dying a couple of times to the very melee heavy second boss um, that I'd seen enough. So that one ended there. And then the last game that I retired, and I've heard nobody talk about this, this complete left field pick, a game called Spin Frog. It's Kuru 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 in. It, it, it's that game, but with a frog. Okay, and the minute you said it, I actually thought of Kuru 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 and I was like, oh, because that yeah. game kind of has like a frog. You like, yeah, anyway, that's funny. Okay. It, and Kuru 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 in is only only okay anywhere <laughs> i mean kura 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 in is like an eight out of ten it's like fine plus yeah it's as um, good as that concept can be that's what i would yeah. say <laughs> Unfortunately, spin frog fails to reach that standard for two reasons the first reason it has some unskippable story stuff it's like the pixel puzzle makeout league problem but for kura 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 in and the second problem it has and you know 1a on that first problem is they're unskippable Whereas Pixel Puzzle, at least you could fast forward through the majority of it. The second problem it has is, as opposed to being completely top down, the camera is slightly isometric with 3D models. And the problem that causes is it makes it quite hard to judge the spaces you're going through, which is the whole point of that game. The whole point of that game is navigating narrow spaces with a constantly rotating main you know, character object. And this game makes that needlessly difficult. That's really so, stupid. <laughs> it, I agree. I got through four or five levels. I learned the basics. I decided it wasn't going to get better. And I thought, you know what? Why am I playing this when I could be playing Kuru Kuru Kururin? The answer to that is I've already played Kuru Kuru Kururin. What I haven't played, and this is my wonderful segue into our playing games, is the Japan-only sequel, Kururin Paradise. Um, and I've played about 10 minutes of that now. Still great. Um, doesn't obscure it with the camera. It it's easy to play. Obviously, like the mechanics speak for themselves. The controls the same as the original. Um, no there is on Game really. Facts. Well, exactly. And on Game Facts, there's a a brief little um, guide telling you what each um, option within each of the relevant menus means and does for you. Um, so very very accessible as a as a non native speaker. Um, and the gameplay is great. It's just more more of the same, which if you want that, which I did, fantastic. Um, I'm not playing loads at the moment. It's only three games to talk about besides that. The first of those is FF7 Remake. Um, and now that I've finished, um, particularly Valkyrie Profile Lenith, um, this is like my main focus, big RPG kind of game. Um, I've probably played as much of this in the last week as I had in the preceding two or three months. Um, and, and thinking back, I actually think a big reason for that is that um, I played quite, well, not I played quite a lot of, I played the demo for this before it released. The demo is basically the opening hour and a half of the game. And what that meant is it was a bit of a slow burn coming to the full release. It's like, okay, I know what happens here. I've already played this. Blur, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I played it in sort of five, ten minute spots and dribs and drabs. Now I'm into the meat of the game past that demo um, portion. 
um, and getting a bit more involved with Sector 7 and Midgar and the characters and the combat. Um, now I've got a bit more material at my disposal and I can actually juggle equipment and material a little bit. Um, I'm finding much more to compel me to play. Um, it helps that the combat system that they've designed for Remake is really quite good. Um, the camera leaves a little bit to be desired. I have found myself fighting with that a little bit. Um, but on the whole, they've done an exceedingly good job of making um, that real-time turn-based hybrid thing make sense as a unified system. Um, I also really, really like what they've done with Tifa's moveset. Um, she's very, very fast. There's a, a palpable difference when you're controlling her versus controlling Cloud. It's not like one of those uses a sword, one of those uses fists. She's noticeably more nimble. Um, very different moveset, and that has a big impact on how you use her. Um, and the enemies react a little bit differently to the different characters as well, so there's, there's layers to that. Um, the side quests are quite good. There's a lot of um, UI work done to make them easy to follow, which I really, really appreciate. Save Anywhere, which I also really appreciate. Um, graphically, this looks fantastic on a PS4. Um, I will be very excited to play the sequels on next-gen hardware as and when I get it, because I, I can only imagine that the game looks better again um, with that sort of bump-up in performance. Um, and the music deserves a special mention. The the, um, the work that's been done to rescore and re-record and... Um, to a certain extent, update and amend the soundtrack um, is exemplary. It's fantastic. They've really, really done justice to what was an already great soundtrack and somehow found new levels to which take it. Um, so having a lot of fun with this one, um, needless to say. Um, less fun with Hi-Fi Rush. Um, it is a good game. I just think that game benefited massively from being a stealth release and catching everyone by surprise. Um, I found that there's a bit too much platforming and not enough combat for my taste. Um, so the, the cadence of it isn't necessarily quite there for me. Um, but it is good. It's not that I'm not having fun with it. Um, how, I do have to say as well, actually, as impressed as I am that it runs on my hardware at all, given, you know, I'm running on a, on a gaming like a budget gaming laptop from 2016 and this game runs in the gameplay near flawlessly. I've had a lot of audio desyncing cutscenes, um, which is a little bit annoying. Um, but other than that, PC version is very, very good. Um, and then the final game that I started playing, and this is a replay for me, um, one of my four or five favorite games ever. And I'm going to whisper it probably slightly better than 13 Sentinels. Um, more of that <laughs> I know. But same studio. This is this is like ah, I see. vanilla where at their absolute action fighting best. Um one thing I didn't remember at first coming back to it, which threw me for a loop for a few minutes, is that you do have to rebind the controls ever so slightly to make them make sense for me personally at least. Um because what they have is you have movement on one of the D-pad or the analog stick. By default it's the analog stick. And the D-pad left and right is select, and down is use um, your items, whether they be recovery, utility, what have you. What I've done last time, what I've done again this time, is change movement onto the D-pad, um, left and right on the analog stick to select your items. And rather than having that as down, because that is just a recipe for disaster, 
when you're acting quickly, trying to hit left and right instead of down on the stick that's not your primary stick. Um, the shoulder buttons are completely free by default, so moving use item to the left trigger. Um, and it's like putting on your most favorite warm, comfy clothes that are contoured perfectly to your body. I've just sunk straight back into this game, and I'm loving it. It's great. I'm very happy to be there. Um, I think I'm probably going to play, cause last time I played Momohire's story first, then Kazuke's, then the DLC. Um, I'm playing Kazuke's story first this time. Um, then I think I'm going to play some or all of the DLC chapters before returning to Momohire's side of the story. Um, anyone who's not already played this, it's fantastic. You should. You should have a Vita anyway, but if you don't, Vita emulation on Android is becoming a thing. Um, there is a... a an emulator in the earliest stages that's actually out there. It is, it's coming. Um, so no excuse. And if you don't want to play it on Vita, don't know why, but it was originally a Wii game and Dolphin can run on a toaster at this point. That that software is just like the most well-optimized thing going. So no excuse is what I say. Um, Paula, why don't you tell us about the games that you're playing at the moment? Well, I've been playing quite a lot here. So, mm. yes, first of all, I'm still playing Pokemon Scarlet. There was uh, recently a little update where you can catch like two new Paradox Pokemon, which are a Walking Wave, which is a Paradox Suicune, and Iron Leaves, which is a Paradox Parisian. And I still have up until March. 13, I think, to catch them. They're only available on Terra Raid, so I have to get someone uh, to, to host a game on, on Pokemon Violet to get the Verizon one. And I, I have to move my Alicia's and actually catch the Waking Wave one. So, and, what is the Paradox oh, yeah. Pokemon for, for people like me who don't have a clue about Pokemon? Let's say there are different forms of Pokemon. Like you have some that are kind of like more, I'm going to say rough around the edges and the others are like more robotic in a way. Okay. Um, a lot, really sorry. That, that doesn't... So just, there are just think of it this way. Different... There are some that are like oldie time and some that are future time. Um, and they're just different okay. forms of the Pokemon. Right, but it's the same Pokedex entry. It's just yeah, like an older just... and newer. No, it's a different Pokedex entry. Oh, okay. They're new Pokemon, but they're right. they're they're new. They're forms of other Pokemon as new Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. Good enough for me. Okay. I think that's spoiler free ish. E right. How is that? <laughs> Yeah, that's why I was dancing about it, around it. Yeah, though uh, honestly, if yeah. you fucking worried about spoilers in Pokemon, it's a game for ten year olds. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We've been anyway, over this. As you were, Alan. <laughs> anyway, um, I have to say, um, these are very interesting in the competitive scene because there is the very young one can. Uh, can kind of like benefit from different uh oh what was the name of this one it's not the weather it's the um terrain from the terrain because there are some attacks that can affect the terrain and give like electric terrain or psychic terrain and then 
boosted some attacks from other Pokemon or like Grass and Train that helps heal any Pokemon that is on the ground. They, they affect like the, the soil your Pokemon are battling on. And that in turn affects how the battle goes. And in particular, Virazion is a little bit underwhelming because terrains aren't like as widely used. Like psychic terrain is being more used because of um Tartalette's evolution, which is the, the ghost fire with the sword, which name I for Cerulech, sorry. Um but that is another kind of forms. The one that is very interesting is um Waking Wave, because it can work on different weather conditions in both sunny day and uh, and rain. Because the thing is, waters are usually weakened by the strong sunlight because they water evaporates. But in particular, this one has an, a water attack that which names I forgot that gets a boost on the sunny on this under on, on sunny weather and also all um future paradox pokemon has is it all paradox pokemon or just future ones they have an ability that helps them like boost a stat like the highest stat gets gets a boost under the sunlight so in particular this pokemon is very good under sunlight but since it is a water type Pokemon and it is a water attack, it also gets gets a 1.5 boost under the rain. So now we'll, we're going to get into a competitive scene where we have dual weather teams, which is kind of cool, if you ask me. And probably more Pokemon that you ever need to know on your um, average Pokemon adventure. But I'm a nerd, so let me nerd out about it. On the other hand, speaking of being a nerd, I'm still playing Pokemon Showdown. Not as much because I know what I want my team to be. So that's taking a, a, a backseat right now. I'm also playing Captain Chante. I haven't um, advanced much from last time, so I'm going to leave it at that. But I have been playing a lot of is Chaos Hepnoa. Which, by the way, I'm on second chapter hell, in the sense of the prologue and the first chapter were kind of charred, and second chapter, I, I, I don't see the, the end inside right now. And this game, now that I have the proper experience with this game, I can tell you what it is about. So you play as... Um, no spoilers, get, by the way, I, I won't be yeah, too long um, to play this one. Okie dokie. So you play as this high schooler called Takami Nishijo. Uh, he's kind of like a tanning, kind of pathetic in general. And the thing is, is that there's a series of cases in Shibuya that is called the New Generation Matrix. And it, ha it happens that he kind of sees one of these cases and he goes a little kooky because he doesn't want to be healed or be related to the case. So everything from there happens like because of what he saw and other things surrounding it, but trying to keep it, keep it spoiler free. Mm -hmm. And right now, 
it is very interesting. It is not the syndicate levels of interesting, but it is very interesting. And since I don't know the, I don't remember the plot from this one, I don't know where the story is going to go because it can go in, very, in multiple directions from what I've seen, which is very exciting. Uh, the one thing that will keep people from, from playing this, besides, well, it's a visual novel that only has like, um, I'm going to say selection menu, but it's not quite selection menu. It's more like uh, a gimmick for this game which is kind of a selection menu, but it will affect like the um, immediate um, scene after it. And then depending on which kind of thing you selected, then it will uh, incline you to one or another route. And I really want your opinion on how this uh, selection is being done break once you play it because it is kind of interesting and it is unique in this in this case okay uh so that's why i'm trying not to say what the selection is yes please and um, and the other thing that will keep people from playing this um besides it being a lot of text is that it is gory it is very very gory heard that yeah yeah, so when you I say very gory, only... like, what are we talking about here? Because I, what do you mean very gory? Like, are we talking like, what does this mean? <laughs> give me, give me an example. That's not super spoilery, but you said something bad happened at the beginning. So like, what, what like, what, like, what, what are we talking about gore levels here? Are we talking like, are we talking like mainstream, like saw levels of gore? Or are we talking like body horror, David Cronenberg levels of horror, of gore? We're talking about, do you see the theme of a crime? kind of war and it is a very brutal crime okay. like okay i i think i know what you're talking about yeah. and there's also this thing where the character kind of like hallucinates some stuff hmm. and you can have good hallucinations no hallucinations or very bad hallucinations okay out of the sheer curiosity i was like oh i wonder what a bad hallucination like it was very worried like it was brutal very um descriptive of how of the things that were going on and i kind of felt a little bit squishy afterwards because of how um bloody it was i guess or like brutal it was and then I I had to take a little break after that because it was like, okay, I think I'm not gonna, I'm, if I can avoid off scenes, I'm gonna try, but it's not like you can avoid all the war because it is part of the game of it being like kind of graphic and brutal. Um, yeah, it is. It was something, let me tell you. And I'm on the, on the earliest chapters. I'm not even like close to getting an ending. I imagine that some of the bad endings are going to be really out there. And I've heard that the patch I got for the game uh, affects some scenes that are in the later game and, and censors them. So that's going to be interesting. Mm. So yeah, that is 
Uh, can you hear Noah so far? I think I have an inkling of what it is going on, but still have no idea what it is. So it's kind of like, I think I know, but I think I don't, mm. which is nice. And I have to say waiting for the patch was the best decision ever because they did an amazing job on translating the thing and or retranslating the game and having it be like more accurate and less uh, badly redacted, I guess. So props to uh, the Committee of Zero in that regard. And I hope this isn't the last job they do because if this, um, if the poor translation quality that the original localization from Spike Chunksoft had was any indication of anything, um, the next game that is going to get um, localized, that is, I think it was called Occultic Nine, which is the fourth, seventh game on the, sorry, the seventh game, I think, in the uh, mainline science adventure series. Well, we're going to need uh, a bigger patch for that one if Spike's chunks of, Spike chunks of does anything like this ever again. So hopefully they they get their shit together. They don't butcher the thing because otherwise fans have to fix it all. Mm. And I don't want to like wait again like for five months to get the decent localization, but uh, because it because like like I can wait. I have a backlog, but I just wanted to play the game. That's the thing. It's like, do I wait for the patch or do I not wait for the patch? Waiting for the patch was a wreck decision. Enough of my rambling. I've also been playing Fire Emblem Engage. I am on chapter 11, if my memory saves correctly. And a little, little tangent over here. I was just like texting with my boyfriend and he said, hey, you should probably have like a kidnapped section on your, what you're playing, what you retire, uh, what, what games have been kidnapped from your collection. Because he has my game right now and I can't play it. I wish I could play more of this game, but he's currently, I don't know how many kilometers away because he's in the south of Chile. And I'm like, just waiting for him to come back so I can play the game again because I got to a pivotal moment in the story. So shit went south really quick. And now I have to fix the thing. And I want to fix the thing and I want to continue the story. But I can't. So thank you, honey. Give my game back, please. Heard of friends. That and all great. the other games he has given up along with it. Uh but yeah, family engaged so far so good. And this is really traditional fireman with a fist. And I, I really, really enjoy enjoying it. And I have no um, regrets of having that second healer because it was really, really needed. Um, moving on, because Alex is supposed to be playing this one every, anytime soon now. Um, this is a silly one, a very silly one, because have you ever guys heard of the game Magikarp Jump for Android? Can't say I have. Is it like Flappy Bird but with a Magikarp? 
No, it's more like instead of you manually having to make the Magikarp jump, you have to train your Magikarp to jump as high as it can on a contest, uh. on a tournament. So the thing is, is that on, I don't know which year it was, but two things were released that day. First of all, a song from the Magikarp song by the Pokemon company. Like the Pokemon company released an official Magikarp song, which pretty much portrays how pathetic the Pokemon is. Mm -hmm. The song is amazing. You have to listen to it because it's like every single thing you care about Magikarp being so useless and pathetic, it is there and it is amazing. The other thing they release is this game. You have to, there's this, um, this, village city i don't know what it is but they really like magikarps because of how resilient they are and how they keep jumping even though everyone says they're useless and it's like but see that you can see the thing like even though people uh pretty much shit on it and everything that it just happily jumps around in the water how can you not love that face some people well, would say it's a face that only a mother would love, but anyway. I think even the mother might turn away in disgust. What I, what I, love, <laughs> what I love about the, the store page for this game is the first picture has a little caption on the corner of it saying, it's an official Pokemon game, as though they know that like, this is <laughs> like, who would believe that we actually made this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, god damn. But it, it, you when you say you play it, is it literally like um, like Pocket Fight Club almost, where you're just doing the training activities and then Magikarp jumps on its own, if I'm standing that right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you fit your Magikarp, you train, train your Magikarp in a random activity, and mm -hmm. then you have to... Uh, oh, and you have to fish your Magikarp because you get your first Magikarp and once it reaches its is greatest potential it goes as far as it can go on the tournament and then it retires and the next fight mm -hmm. you get will train will uh, be a lot easier to train and it can train to a higher level so you have to generation by generation train your magikarps to make them the best magikarp they can ever be it is absolutely silly the engagement is barely there the art is just something you find in a storybook, I guess, because it's kind of like crayony in colors. I don't know. The art's surprisingly all right, actually. Like, it doesn't look bad. I think that's yeah. definitely the nicest thing you could say about the concept, really. Yeah, but it's just a silly time waster. Like, I was just looking, watching a, uh, a video and, like, feeling kind of fidgety, so I just started making my jam and, like, okay. I, I'm just training my Magikarp here. Don't mind me, uh, helpful YouTuber that I'm watching because I, I need to know something about pencils and stuff. And I don't know, it's something I played the hell out of when it came out and never finished. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm going to finish the game this time around, but it, I kind of felt nostalgic. And it was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to play this again and just don't load it on a whim and play it. And it's kind of nice. 
it's just meeting with an old friend, which all it does is kind of jump around. But anyway, now one that kind of surprises me because um, I wasn't expecting uh, my sister to get a PS5. My, not the one I live with, the other sister that I have got a PS5 and invited me to play over the weekend. It's like, oh, you can try out games and play here and you can come any time you want to play games. So I'm like, okay, okay, I'm gonna go. And the fine friend was, hey, please help me get through The Last of Us remaster, please, because I'm too scared to to kill zombies right now. That was the ulterior <laughs> motive. I love that. That was the ulterior motive. So uh, my sister really wanted a PlayStation, uh, a PlayStation, where he, she could play The Last of Us and some horror games like Resident Evil and other things that she was looking into. The thing is, she can't play them alone because she's a scaredy cat, even more than me, and that's saying something. So I hope she's not listening to this because I'm, <laughs> mm. I'm not far from her room. So anyway. And so we're kind of like swapping uh, places. No, not swapping places. Like we're playing The Last of Us together. Um, I'll grab the controllers from time to time when she's like feeling a little bit uh, scared or uh, whenever things get a little bit too difficult. So like I was playing uh, a stealthier mission and then we got into another stealthier mission that was a little bit harder. So I was like, okay. Take the controller. This is all yours. And then when we go past that, she gets the controller back. So any anytime there's something something scary or stealthy, I'm the one playing. Any other time, she's the one playing. And it has been kind of fun to just see her reactions and playing this game together. Though another game that we are playing together. And this one is kind of weird because we're playing it both on PS5 and Switch on separate save files. But we're together on both, so, but with different people on both. So she has only two PS5 controllers, so we play that just the two of us. We're playing Overcooked. That's the thing we're playing. Overcooked 2. Sorry, I didn't say the name of the game. So we're playing Overcooked on the PS5. And comparing the load times to the Switch, is, it is brutal. Like. You don't even get to see the the hints screen on the on the PS5. Like when you're the loading screen shows you the controller, like some useful useful tips or and stuff like that. And the load times are so short on the PS5 that you can you can't even get any information out of that, which is amazing. The Overall, uh, feeling of how you play the game is the same. Like Overcooked 2 doesn't demand a lot of the console you're playing in, so there's no difference there. But uh, since it was uh, on the subscription on PS5, we started playing there. The problem is when my when we try to play with other people because she has friends that. I like playing Overcooked, but they have the game on Switch. We couldn't because unlike Overcooked one, this one doesn't have uh, doesn't have girls play. So 
we have to get the game on Switch and then play everyone, the four of us together, which is utter chaos. Like a two-player run is kind of like chaotic in a way, but if you are able to organize with your partner where you're playing, it's actually quite a smooth sail. Unless the missions are like too difficult and then you have to try to either get a third player or get really good at some point or at some stuff in the game. Like get your timing really right. With four players, any kind of organization goes out of the window and anytime mm -hmm. one of you screams, hey, I need a tomato for this sauce, suddenly you have three tomatoes, uh, one's chopped and the other's not chopped thrown at you. Like, I know I asked for a tomato, but only if only, only, if only one of you went and grabbed the tomato, chopped it and threw it at me, it would have been a little bit nicer. Now I'm swimming in tomato. Beautiful. Um, the other thing is that there, since some of these levels are kind of like small, very small, and there isn't like a lot of um, room to move around, you are continuously bumping to the other players, sometimes getting thrown into the river or the abyss, or sometimes you're just trying to like, one person is trying to get to one side, the other person is trying to get to the other side, but there's only like one square space there. So you're trying to push each other into the direction you're trying to go instead of like taking turns to like, sir, first, go first, sir. And then I'll go to the other thing I'm trying to do. So in four player mode, we actually have like half of the kitchen burning because we couldn't like, um actually take turns to move to different sides of the kitchen thus we just got stuck into a place and we couldn't retrieve the i think it was rice and then someone tried to turn on the fire and threw the the, the fire extinguisher instead and the extinguisher was on fire and we have to restart that run because it was like yeah this is this isn't going well, half of the kitchen is on fire, everything is a chaos, the distinguisher is on fire, let's restart this. It's still really, really fun. And then my sister and my nephew were playing and I was about to just sit down and enjoy sketching a little bit. And then I, I hear my nephew scream, Paula, we need your help. And it seems they just couldn't get organized and they needed a third player. It's like, okay, I guess I'm just going to go play a three-player uh, overcook um, save. Which, by the way, I think three players is the sweet spot. Because you get, like, third player always where hands are needed the most. You don't get as much of players bumping into each other when as when there's four, and we actually didn't have any single um, fire incident going on. So yeah, three is the perfect number for Overcooked 2. This is one of the few <laughs> games where actually having been in a kitchen 
legitimately helps you play this game because <laughs> i've played it with yeah. friends and i was just I, like we we just had our system going or because you, you, you just you just need names you just got to be like name thing go and it works pretty well you got to develop yeah. you have to develop a system you know but it also it sucks because if players aren't used to video games i remember i talked about this when i was playing with my partner she didn't have the ability to uh look in her peripherals like she um can't see the whole screen right she's like super zoned in um, and if you can't yeah. do that, my God, you got to rely on the person who can actually do that, right? Which I'm sure you're probably that person yeah. for, for them. <laughs> it's the kind of game that makes you understand why rowing teams have a person specifically to direct what's happening. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, I was the kind of like the director trying to get people to do the things and not get everything mixed up. So that's when... That's the reason why my sister and my nephew were like, help, we can do this without you, help. <laughs> because my nephew was like still confused on, hey, isn't it the same, the, the frying pan with the other thing? And it's like, no, it's not the same. You put rice in one and you put the veggies in the other to, to solder that. And, and like just that simple, uh, Miscommunication bit was the thing that cost us the game like very early on. And uh, yeah, so it helps a lot when when people are accustomed to working in the kitchen or like at the very least like being with other people in the kitchen. Which I am. Which was nice. Actually, no, it's chaotic. When you have to cook for a lot of people, it's fucking chaotic. So overcook too or overcook in general just depicts the chaos of it like so nicely you don't throw yeah. ingredients around but it is chaotic but i have to say like i because i used to work in a kitchen right so like and i i was um one of the ones who had to um like um like i was basically directing people like what to do right um mm -hmm. I was, like more senior one like obviously i'm working too and i'm like cutting things up and stuff but i'm telling you when you get like a a, a rush you know of tons of people coming and you're this well-oiled machine where you're like, you know, like Andy, fries, da, 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 like everybody going on to it. And then you're like popping things out like in this like order. Dude, there's a high to that, that that is what like high level, like when you yeah. succeed at Overcooked, that's what you're trying to get at. And it's like, it's it's the high of like efficiency, honestly, and like well-organized efficiency. And when you can hit that, it feels really fucking good. But it takes a long time to get there, right? And most of the time you play Overcooked, yeah. you're not going to get there because there's always one motherfucker who doesn't know what you're to not do getting and gets there. overwhelmed. <laughs> it only takes one person to fuck up to ruin the entire thing in Overcooked. Like, it literally just takes one. Um, Especially if you yeah. those three stars. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so, that's Overcooked. I'm still having fun even though I, it is chaos. And... Another game that I'm the following two games, I think there are PlayStation 5 exclusives. One of them is Demon Souls. So I tried playing Dark Souls. I haven't gone back to playing, but I somehow didn't die at the first boss. And I still haven't died in my playthrough. But here, whew, I died pretty soon. So um, Demon Souls is more like you have these half words. In from my understanding, and then you go to different bosses or like different areas that lead you to different bosses. And the thing is, 
it's the the first one is so fucking janky. And also, I was like, hey, I'm playing a mage on um, Dark Souls one, so maybe if it's similar, maybe I'll play a mage on on this game, and maybe I can attack from from a greater distance, like I'm doing on Dark Souls one, and that's part of the reason why I haven't died. But anyway. The mage is kind of pathetic, like early on. Like you, you still get your your sword, so you can let do melee attacks. But I was like, okay, I'm gonna try the spells. One of them is water belt. I'm still not sure what it does, but it kind of like gives you like a water belt thingy around your character, and that's all I know it does. It doesn't seem to diminish the amount of. Yeah, that much you take because I'm pretty sure I got stabbed just as strongly the first time and the second time. Um, so I don't know what it does. The other, the other spell is a fireball, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna throw a fireball at my opponent. That's so cool. So I'm like charging this fireball, and like the character kind of throws it into the ground like a little bit like a meter um in front of them and i'm like what kind of fireball is this it's more like throwing out the if it is more like the um flask throwing no the the fire spell that uh robbie has on the smash super smash bros is something like that so if you're playing dark souls that it, if you're that close to an enemy and trying to throw a spell, sorry, Demon Souls, if you're in Demon Souls trying to throw a spell or like trying to attack an enemy that is one meter uh, in front of you, you might as well use the sword. Why would I waste my mana and leave myself open to attacks trying to throw this fireball? And it, it just, it was just pathetic. Like, I think that's the sorry, point. <laughs> They don't want you using the magic. <laughs> yeah, they don't want you to use the magic, but in Dark Souls, it feels like they want you to use the magic. Yeah, I think anyway. that's the thing about, because Demon Souls is the first, right? And I think in that one, yeah. it very much was like, they're not interested in you using magic, right? They're like, you sh you need to fight in that one. You there's no out in Demon Souls. Yeah. Like, whether that's good or bad, there's just no out. You just gotta fight. <laughs> yeah, but... I was kind of like, okay, the, the combat is cool. The combat is just Dark Souls, but still Dark Souls, like mainly Dark Souls. But the magic, I was hoping for something more spicy. But no, Paula doesn't get to have spicy and fun things anymore, I think. But the game looks gorgeous. It plays well. I don't know what the hell people are talking about when it feels like clunky. Maybe updated in some of the mechanics, but I haven't gotten far enough to even notice that. And again, I haven't played the newer Souls games. So I have no point on comparison. So I'm just having fun. Or at least I was having fun until I got to the first boss and it kicked my ass. And... And actually, since the, in the first game, you're not supposed to fight, right? Like the first boss until you have like better equipment. I was like, maybe I could escape. No, you can't escape. But I did manage to chip down about 25 of its HP until I, the time badly, I rolled, I rolled at a wrong timing. 
and it killed me because the thing, this first buzz, it can, it swings the sword and nearly one shot at me. And I'm like, yeah, that's gonna be fun. So I tried to beat it a couple of times. It was like, nope. So I switched to uh, lo uh, uh, another game, which is a lot more, um, a lot less stressing, I guess. So I went to play Buster's Playroom, which is the game that comes with every, any, every and any PS5. And it's actually a lot of fun. It is lovely. Like the little robot thing is lovely. And sorry, I am driven by cuteness. So anything cute for me is like that carrot on a stick kind of thingy. And I can see Eric typing the next episode title, I guess. Pretty much. And, and it, it is a very good platformer, like, like, is it a platform? Yeah, it is a platform, a 3D platform. And I've been having a lot of fun with it. I played like one hour maybe. So I don't think, uh, think I'm halfway through maybe. And it really showcases what the uh, PS5 controller can do, which is kind of neat. Though I don't think uh, a lot of games are going to use all the technology because it's kind of pain in the butt trying to program all of it. But um, it's still a lot of fun. And one of the levels has you as a monkey, like climbing through some, uh, I don't know what they're called, but you have you seen those uh, climbing walls that has like things protruding out of the wall and you wrap onto them? It's just a climbing, climbing wall. Yeah. yeah. yeah but, it's kind of like you, you're climbing a climbing world and it is fun because uh you feel the resistance from the from the controller like when you're firing your um your bow you have that resistance when you you're trying to to pull the string like further back and it's kind of fun so since I don't know. I I really like the motion, no, not the motion. The 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 rumble class on the the rumble HD, however they call it on the Switch. I'm really digging what they're doing with the rumble, whatever they call it here on on the PS5. And I also like that that more of a kinetic feedback that the controller gives. But I'm kind of sad because the controller kind of like. It feels like those tr uh, trigger buttons are, have a lower life expectancy than the controller itself, from what I've been told. So let's see how how long those controllers are gonna last. And those are all the games that I've been playing. Alex, take it away. Damn, please. you two have had some beefy <laughs> sections today. <laughs> I. Uh, I definitely don't have as beefy of a section here. We're going to get through this pretty quick, I think. So um, I've played a bit more of Dead Space. Um, I really haven't been able to play like a ton more um, since the last recording. Like I'm maybe halfway through the game, I think, at this point. Um, it's still 
like it's beautiful. Um, it's controlling really well. Uh, all of the added stuff, like I, I, cause I'm pretty sure again, this is, it's been so long cause I know Isaac didn't talk in the first one and it feels totally natural here that he's speaking in this one now. Like you don't notice at all. And I mean, anyone who didn't play the originals is going to have no idea that he didn't do that because it seems so weird for him to have not spoken. <laughs> um, yeah. It's working a lot better because I think it's already creating a stronger connection with his wife. Um, because he's just a person now, you know what I mean? Um, I also think something that I think this game uh, really benefits from is the the knowledge of where this story went afterwards. Um, uh, because I, I really do think like when they first made this, they had no fucking clue where the story was going. You know what I mean? They had no fucking clue. There might have been like a general idea or whatnot, but it's like you don't know because like, I don't know, with most art and especially I think with video games, you're lucky that you get to make that game in the first place. You know what I mean? Let alone a sequel, yeah. Yeah, let alone sequels to it. So I and I can't blame them for not having like, you know, a big old like probably plot charted out. I mean, who knows? Maybe they did. But um, I think in terms of like, well, I guess also you just, you don't necessarily know what elements of your story are going to resonate the most with your audience, right? Um, so there's things you might introduce in a game that then you sort of abandon because it's like, oh, no one really got that or no one really gave a shit about it. And like, that's not what was like actually um, kind of interesting about our game. So in this one, they're really playing up a lot. And maybe it was like this in the first one, but I'm noticing it way, way more. Um, just the like the the special kind of church element of this one, because there's like this certain church in this that does something, something, something. Who knows? Play the game, you'll find out. Um, and uh they're really playing into that a lot more. And there's just like a lot of more interesting information. And also like, I think, um, I don't know. I, the, the elements of this game that I think could have felt outdated, like, you know, all the audio logs and stuff, um, they actually work nice here. And like, they're really good at being able to just play while you're still moving around, um, which I really appreciate. I fucking hate games that make me open up a like, you know, little dashboard thing and be like, okay. Um, now you can listen to this recording that we have and just sit there and go on your phone um, <laughs> while you listen to this fucking audio recording. And I'm like, yes, thank you, game. Like, allow me to pick up audio recordings and continue walking through the area um, so well, that I can, like, right? Yeah. I'm like, thank you. And don't like stop when I like pause the game or some shit and then be like, oh, I guess you didn't want to listen to the rest of it. Bye. Bioshock. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> fucking look at you, Bioshock. You fucking stupid fucking audio logs um anyway they started it so they get my hate um and love but uh <laughs> um yeah so dead space it's good shit um it, it's i don't know i bet for some people it's scary i i'm well past the days of this being able to frighten me um that being said it's certainly spooky and it's got like cool um ideas in it but you're, you're not gonna be scared it's it's fine <laughs> um well, I don't know. I guess if you get scared by like maybe Resident Evil 1, then you're going to be in a bad shape probably. Actually, I guess if you're scared of The Last of Us as well, seeing that one, you're fucked with this game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like your sister would be fucked if she tried to play this one. Um, <laughs> no offense, Bella's sister. But uh, like, I don't know. I just think if, you, if you're if you a survival horror fan, you're going to be more... It's like less about scares and more about... Uh, tenseness right and like um um creepiness and kind of like you know body horror right because it's, it's it's a lot of body horror in this that's not necessarily like frightening um it's just more unnerving 
And the combat is definitely tense because like, man, it's a, those things are fast. And, you know, this isn't a game where it's like, you know, it very specifically says like headshots don't work. Right. Mm. And that's the reality of this. Headshots don't work. You got to cut their limbs off. Um, That's how you kill motherfuckers in this game, Uh, which I think is that in and of itself is the most genius design decision um, in this game because it takes survival horror because really this is like the best survival horror game Capcom never made. Right. Um, Yeah. Because it's very much obviously from like, you know, tank controls and all, although not really that it's not tank controls necessarily. It's, it's just third person, but like more like, like the modern, actually it's interesting. I would almost say that the modern resident evil feels like it might've taken lessons from dead space in some ways in terms of its movement and its gunplay. Um, because they're actually pretty similar. Like the remakes actually play exactly like dead space does now. Um, and dead Space's controls and stuff haven't changed that drastically in the remake besides the like uh, gravity stuff and things like that. But you were never locked in place when you were shooting, um, uh, in, uh, in Dead Space, you could always move while you're doing that, which was uh, pretty new for those games. So anyway, fun times. Highly recommend. Very good. I haven't touched Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, I just have not been able to play a lot of Xbox games. And when I have, I was playing Dead Space. So um, I'm, I, I will finish it. It's just like, I need that, uh, that week off that I see coming. Xbox is back in my life then. Mario <laughs> um, <laughs> and Rabbits, I've played a bit more of. I'm super close to finishing. I'm on like, I think the second last world, maybe the last world. Um, Cause there's like a bunch of different worlds. Uh, still fun. Best played in short bursts. I think I really don't think this game benefits from playing like really intensely through because again, combat is a little varied, right? There's like different um, requirements in each one, but more than not, it's pretty similar, right? Like each one is like, yeah, you're doing kind of the same thing. Um, the worlds are sort of fun to explore, but again, they have very similar missions in in them. Uh, so yeah, and, and super loose puzzling, right? Like the puzzling in these games is not like, <laughs> it's not the witness, let's put it that way, right? <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, it's good. It's totally fine. Um, but it's pretty basic, even by kind of Mario standards. Um, and again, I don't blame them for that though, because like, I don't think, um, it would have behooved this game to be this complex puzzler, but I'm not sure that it struck the right balance quite yet. Um, it still feels like the puzzles might be just like a little too simplistic. So, and again, though, I don't, I really don't know. Like, I don't know what the happy medium is. Um, I'm sure they play tested the shit out of it. I found that this worked best. Excuse me. God damn. It's been a long week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, I already talked about Rust of the Hotel. Uh, the one that I've been playing the most actually is Pokemon Scarlet. I'm basically done. I've completed all the missions. I just have like the final things to do. Um, so like I completed all the open world missions and stuff. Um, I, I have some thoughts on this one. It, it gets a lot worse the more you play it. Um, and but but like and this isn't necessarily scarlet's fault i this i think is the fault of a lot of open world games so i'm not sure that it's really well though part of it is scarlet's fault but this is also part of it is just poke the fault of pokemon in general which is that once you have your pokemon team and you've got your pokemon evolved it's just grinding from there on out right you're just fighting things to level up until you're done the game and this is the problem with all Pokemon games, I think. And I know people will be like, oh, but you can do this and you can do that. Like, you can do Nuzlocke and shit. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to fuck off, man. That's just shit that you're making up for that <laughs> game. That's not in the game. Like, yeah, I can fucking 
grab a piece of toilet paper and I can make a fucking game out of that shit. But that doesn't mean the toilet paper is a well-designed game. It's fucking stupid. Like I, I just, I, that's a, like a nonsense thing. Um, what an it, analogy for yeah, that's what I'm saying. It just doesn't make it. Like I'm like I don't, I don't buy that as a, as an argument. If your game is like I don't know, say fucking like now, what I will say is a fine argument is that you can say yes, the game has a lot of allows you to do lots of things. That's fine. Like yeah, sure. There's a lot of like options for playing, but really all the options are is that you can choose the team you want. It's not actually as crazy of a diversity of options as one might think, right? It's like you you still have to just play the game, <laughs> you know? Like, and it has as it is. Now, in terms of the open world, the open world is neat, but what I soon discovered is that it's open world-ish. All the areas are level-gated, right? So, and then they're mm. also gated by progress, um, by ability to climb and like ability to like do things with your with your guy. So, like, I guess it's open world, but it's not really, because ultimately you're gonna have to do certain ones in certain order. I would say the variance that you can get in this game is like by one or two uh areas right like there might be like one or two badges that you could complete out of order um there might be like one or two like pokemon fellows you could do um so yeah you can and again you can make all these arguments right like you can say like oh yeah but you know it's this totally open world because you could just like grab this pokemon who's like really like you know uh really good against this gym leader and then you could like train that pokemon up and then you could go and do that and i'm like yeah but that in and of itself is not supported in the game whatsoever. That's not how the game plays. The game asks you to catch Pokemon. So you catch Pokemon. You then go through and you battle. Then there's not many trainers. The trainers are fucking spread out. It's hard to find them. Um, You do some of that. Then you go and you fight like a gym or something. That gym levels up your team, right? So you're not incentivized in any way, shape, or form to actually get interesting different Pokemon. You really want to keep the Pokemon you have because if otherwise, you're kind of fucked because you need that team to be strong. So the idea that this game is like really, truly open world, I think is kind of not accurate because in a lot of games, the idea with the open world is that you really can't explore all of it. You might find an area, like a little spot that's a little too hard for you to take on and that's fine. You come back later. But that's just not really how this one works because you know where everything is. It shows you right away where everything you can find is. So really, you're just on a homing mission for each of those things. It literally does not understand, I think, the fundamentals of an open world game because usually the concept with open world is that you get to go and explore the world and discover as you're playing, right? So like, like, let me give you this example. You're playing Elden Ring, right? And you're going through and you stumble on an area that you're like, oh, I could do this. And then you get your ass fucking whooped, right? And you're like, holy shit, that was hard. I better come back later. But in this one, so in that, in that sense though, you discovered it, right? And you learned, oh shit, that was hard. Now in this game, all you're doing is you put an icon on something, you travel to it, and you're like, I'm here and I'm ready. And then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm underleveled for this one. I'll come back later, right? There's a fundamental difference in that. And it might not seem like a big one, but it is because really you just have a checklist and all you're doing is you're going to each one and you're figuring out, am I ready for that one yet? Oh, I'm not. Okay. I'll mark that off the list. 
Am I ready for this one? Oh, no, I'll mark that off the list. You know what I mean? It's different. It's a really different feeling. And it's not satisfying. It feels like a checklist instead of an exploration of a world. Um, so I was really, I was really, really disappointed by that. And I, I'm still liking it. I still think it's, it's fun. Um, but I'm really hoping that they learn some significant lessons from this. I'm really glad they did this. I'm really glad they tried this open world aspect. Um, but I think what's like very much missing from this is that it fucking, it's the open world sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. It's a bad open <laughs> world. It's a really bad open world. And, um, there are probably secrets and things, but who, who, who gives a flying fuck? Uh, there's nothing yeah. to do in the areas. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Right? Like, it's like, it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, sure, maybe there are secrets, but for example, in Breath of the Wild, there are secrets, definitely. And you're hella incentivized to go find those things. And you want to explore them because that is a really dense world in there. And they don't tell you everything that you're going to find in it. They allow you to go and discover those things on your own. In this one, and, and I use the example actually, like take the first Pokemon game, right? The very first Pokemon game. Um, it does this beautiful thing where... Yes, it's a linear path, but every single area you go through is unique and fascinating, right? There are all these trainers who are going to stop you. Look at all these cool new Pokemon. It's dense and interesting, right? And it's designed. Um, sure, it has its flaws, but most of us remember, and I would argue most Pokemon games, uh, especially in the 2D area, if you ask people who played those, you can really remember what a route looked like, right? You remember that area. You're like, I know that spot. There's one cool area in this, and that's a big frozen mountain, which I actually think is pretty cool um, and, and was a nice uh, thing. But um, it's a big, fat, fucking open nothing in this. That's what it is. It's just nothing. It's just nothingness as far as the eye can see. Uh, actually, because you can't see far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you also have a horrible draw distance, so you can't really see shit. Um, so it's just grasslands, right? Oh, here, look, here's a lake. Now, the really cool thing is that the Pokemon are all there. That's fucking awesome. I love that. That's really, really cool. But I think they're banking on the idea that Pokemon being in the open is somehow making their world feel populated. But it doesn't. It makes it feel even emptier because there's nothing to see along the way. Yes, sometimes you see like a, maybe a windmill or something. Cool. Um, or there's a tower <laughs> that for some reason you can climb. They have, okay. <laughs> this is the example of how this fucking game seems like they looked at open world design and went open world games have towers we should have those too there are for some fucking reason towers in this game they, they don't do anything there's a little treasure chest at the top they're just there is it, is it so that you can get a view of the surroundings surroundings of what the draw distance is three <laughs> centimeters. I can't fucking see anything. I don't know that there's some shit in the distance. Why would you literally put in a thing to highlight how shitty your game looks? It's so fucking stupid. It's so fucking stupid. This game baffles me at every fucking turn. And then again, and then I'm still having fun. And that's the fucking thing that like, it's what drives me nuts about this game is that it's like the moment to moment experience is enjoyable. And like, there are really interesting ideas. Like the, the, the gyms are really fun in this because you do these like gym tests and that's really neat. These Titan Pokemon things you do, that's pretty cool. The Team Star is, like I would argue actually kind of neat. It's like Saturday morning cartoon villain concept that I'm like actually sort of dig. It's like about bullying and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with that. Like this is a message for kids playing it about being bullied and shit. You know what? That's cool. 
and you do these like weird raids of their, the raids are pretty fucking stupid, but it's fine. Um, you do these little raids and they all drive a big fucking car for some fucking reason. <laughs> it's really fucking stupid. They all have the same, this is so dumb. They all have the same Pokemon as their boss Pokemon. I'm like, oh yeah, that's inspired. Um, you have 400 fucking Pokemon in this game and you're going to use the same one with a color change. Christ. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. And you know what the sad, you know what? Here's the reality. They're going to learn fucking nothing from this because, because Pokemon company learns jack shit from any of their games. Yeah. They never, ever have, they, they've never fucking learned anything. Okay, they've because they've never have they just do shit. They just fucking do shit in games. They just fucking do shit. They have like a battle frontier and everyone fucking loves it. And then they're like, well, we'll never do that again. And then like they try it one more time and they're like, there you go, folks. And you're like, you made it worse than the first. How did you do that? And they're like, <laughs> uh, and then they move on, right? And they're like, this time you could terrestrialize. They could be little fucking crystals. And you're like, yeah, that's really cool, man. <sighs> Why do I play these games? I <laughs> don't I I don't know why I do this. And they fucking they get you cuz the marketing is so you know what? The marketing is so good. They're so fucking good at their fucking marketing. That's the issue. Everybody gets into them and you fucking want to play them. Uh anyway, I do and this is the, the gets to the weird part. I do recommend you play it though. Like it's actually fun and I think it's interesting to look at and um if you have let me put it this way. If you have kids, this is a perfect game to get them into Pokémon. I, I do think this is like a great game to get started in on it. Uh, it's just baffling how this was made. Um, and it doesn't have any excuse like it's groundbreaking because it's fucking not groundbreaking. <laughs> like I, I see people talking about how it's groundbreaking for Pokemon. And I was like, I am sorry, but you do not get to claim that your game is groundbreaking when it implements game design decisions from 20 years ago. Fuck right off there, fellas. <laughs> Shit's not groundbreaking. <laughs> Shit is fucking behind the times. Um, but anyway, there you go. That's my other uh, Pokemon uh, rant. You can move the camera. Oh, shit. That was my other fucking thing <laughs> I wanted to talk about. The camera is so fucking ass. Holy hell. And you really notice it's ass when you play like a, a, like a scripted battle. Because in the scripted battles, the camera is really good. Because it's scripted, right? So when you do an attack, it like zooms in and it's like dynamic. Uh, half the time that I battle, my Pokemon disappears. I can't see my Pokemon because the camera's like, oh, you're on a hill. Would you like to be in the hill? And I was like, no, I don't want to be in the fucking hill. What are you doing? No, stop. And it's like so bad. You're like trying to like move the camera to, so that you can like see where like both the Pokemon and it's the most boring combat. There's an excellent fucking uh, video that I can't remember, but look up something like camera Pokemon stadium or something like that. Because it talks about actually why Sword and Shield, I think, why their battles felt so milk toast, and I would argue is the same in this one, because the lack of like the lack of a dynamic camera that's actually like you know, going through it makes the battles look really stupid. Because it's literally just like one Pokemon and another one standing there going like that, and there's no like interesting following of the camera. Now they give the caveat that in Stadium there was very few Pokemon, so every move could be really special and dynamic. But it doesn't even matter. Like, even the original Pokemon games, yeah, you didn't have the camera, but, like, your Pokemon were, like, doing things. So, like, there was the there was a dynamism to it. Uh, there's no dynamism in this one unless it's a scripted battle. Then it is actually pretty dynamic and interesting. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, Bella. Uh, all right. That's it. I still took less time than, uh, than 
most of these. So I count that as a win for myself. <laughs> um, I just, I always knew you had a proper rant in you. I always do, especially with Pokemon. We have next week will be the last Pokemon rant probably. <laughs> um, so yeah, because I'm almost done. So anyway, why don't we move on to our little? This is gonna be a big one. Uh, we're just we're just gonna be real. It's, this is a big episode, folks. Um, but you had short episodes the last few weeks because we had uh, new game pluses. So you know, we see we're making up for the time lost. Exactly. That's so, um, we did this once before. Um, this is called recommend me a game. Uh, take two. Um, so the idea I think with this, and I, I don't know actually, I, we all might have different ideas for this. But uh, at least the way I took this is, like, I'm trying to find something that, like, one, I think has elements of, like, a style or genre that y'all like, uh, and then also something that you don't, or something that maybe you just haven't given a chance to, um, uh, or is just not on your, like, list right now. So that's kind of, like, what I did, because I went and tried to look through your completions or tires and all that stuff, and, mm-hmm. or like that, and I was like, okay, they're not on your backlogs, they're not on any of that shit. So that's what I kind of went for that. Yeah. I did the same. I, I have to say... I've gone for stuff that I knew you both like because last time I suggested you both play E.T. So I feel like I've got ground to make up there. Um, I should say, I do think you both like these two. Yeah, sorry, yeah. One slight aside before we get in, Pally, looking at your playthroughs gave me anxiety (laughs) because you have um, 45 currently playing games. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't really know how or why. Is it just games that you started and as long as you haven't finished, that's where they live? Yeah, pretty much. Funny you say that because uh, I had recent, like a month ago or maybe two months ago, I don't know. Uh, someone from the How Long To Be Firms uh, messaged me and asked me directly, hey, I noticed you have a shit ton of games on your <laughs> playing tab. Do you actually play all those games at the same time? <laughs> and I can I confirm like, you don't because Citizen Sleeper is on there. And if you say you've played any of it, we'll know you're lying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Rick, you got to pick that a new one. That is like it's a game that I wanted to start that I forgot to pick it up. I can't pick a new one until no, I'm going to pick a new one. The old one. She's not going to give okay, it up. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll pick that up after we've recorded anyway. Um, so. I am first on the list. Does that mean I'm throwing my recommendations at you two first? Maybe do one first and then should we do like two rounds like that? Do you want to do it that way? Yeah, fuck it. Um, Okay. In which case, I'm going to start with you, Alex. I've picked a Metroidvania. I know you like those. I do like Um, those. I've picked an Alien game because you played Aliens Isolation and seemed to like that. Um, I've picked for you um, the oft-overlooked WayForward Alien metrovania aliens infestation oh um, this sees you on the nintendo ds playing as a um oh. a group of space marines um i forget the specifics of the story um the story's fine but the gameplay is really really good so you have flamethrowers and rocket launchers and pulse rifles and all that stuff and you're fighting the enemies the cool conceit of this game is in any given playthrough if your marine dies, they're gone for good. Mm. And you can only have four space marines um, like saved at any one time. So you have like a central hub that you can access at various points on the map. Um, whenever you find and recruit a marine, they go back to your hub, and you can choose which marine you want to go out with at any one time. If they die, they're done. You have to play as a different marine from there on. 
Um, it's way forward. They know what they're doing with sort of 2D pixel art stuff. So the look is fantastic. The feel is great. The aliens are always a genuine threat as well as sort of the lower level stuff and the face huggers and stuff like that. Um, it's just an excellent, excellent action game. Really good mm. Metroidvania. Nice length. It's one that people sleep on and given your like for the source material and the genre, I thought that was a good pick. That is an interesting one. I think I might have this on my like DS or something. Like I think I've, I've seen this one um, and like, or at least heard of it, um, but it definitely mm. sounds up my, up my alley. I like that. Aliens infestation. And it's not very long the looks go. of it either, huh? Only a few hours. I think I, I clocked it in like five or six. Um, main story and main plus are six hours on Howland's Beat. Completionist is six and a half. Um, if I look at my listing, I got an eight-hour completionist run. Um, oh, wow. Nice. I think I restarted a few times not to lose the Marines. I fire emblemed that shit, but um, <laughs> that's probably where the extra time comes from. But yeah, five to eight hours, I think, is uh, a really fair reflection of sort of timing. Sick. Well, I'll have um, to pop that on there. Nice. nice. And, and how, how about if we do it then? If you do your recommendation for Paola, Paola does hers for me, and then we'll go back again the other way around. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense. That'll cool. work. Uh, okay, so the one that I recommend for Paola, actually. So I'm recommending... Hold on. Have you played Yakuza Like a Dragon? I haven't. The new one. Okay, yeah, the new one. Okay, good. I'm good. free. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, wait, that is the new one, right? No. Is that the, the RPG one? Ishin is the newest yeah, one. Yeah, that's okay, the RPG good. one. Good, good. I, I, I forget all of them. Okay, so yeah, I was recommending Yakuza Like a Dragon because... So I was torn between this and Zero, but I wanted to recommend this one because one, I know that you're a huge fan of RPGs. Um, and so this one in and of itself, I think when it comes down to like the Yakuza series and just realistically knowing how many goddamn games you play and, uh, <laughs> and, and how many games you have on your lists, I know that like me recommending Yakuza 0 is kind of a non-starter because then you'd have to play all the other Yakuza games. That's just not going to happen. But Yakuza Like a Dragon really truly is a standalone. Um, obviously, it has some like callbacks to the rest of the Yakuza series, but you really can play it without having played the others. Um, and I think this one, personally, I think it's exactly up your alley because you've got tons of the Japanese fucking influence stuff in there. And this game is as Japanese as, it, as they come. Um, plus it's a celebration of like all of like the, you know, some of the most famous JRPGs. Like really it's like heavily Dragon Quest inspired. Um, the story is fucking hilarious. The voice acting is incredible, whether you play in English or in Japanese. In fact, the English voice acting is extremely good on this one. Um, and so is the Japanese. I mean, up to your choice, right? Um, and yeah, I just think it's like, it's like the pinnacle of modern JRPGs, to be honest. It is so fantastic. Um, it really, um. I don't know. It, it feels. It's hard to describe the way that this game is because it's such a wholly sort of unique JRPG experience. And I think it's a crime you haven't played any of the Yakuza games because I really think they are <laughs> directly up your, especially because you play all these Otome games and all these visual novels and stuff. I'm just like, man, this game is just like wacky visual novel played out. Um, you know, like that's what this is. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Yakuza like a dragon. It's on Game Pass. And on Game Pass as well, right? Yeah, there you go. It is on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think I'm going to try it out sometime soon. Nice. Whenever I'm at my phone, because this, uh, then my portable PC doesn't like handle games too, too well. So and I it's have a pretty to be beefy boy. <laughs> yeah. But 
I bet your portable PC will handle Citizen Sleeper just fine. Nice <laughs> <laughs> lightweight game, that one. I forgot my controller at home. I was going to play it, I swear. You don't need to play with you the don't controller. Need a controller. Don't be silly. It's better without yeah, a really? controller. Yeah, it's a, it's a text mm. game. It's it's like a visual novel, basically. Why didn't you tell me that sooner? Well, you told I'm you that ages ago. Sorry. At home, I'm dragging my hands down my face. <laughs> well, what are you recommending to Rick then, Fala? Uh, okay, so I did a cheeky little thing, and I actually have two recommendations for Ooh. each of you because oh. I knew if I just arrived with an my game, you will just roll your eyes <laughs> and say, "Okay, the next one." So, so we've got I'm an Atomi, you... and we have a recommendation. Is that, is that <laughs> Yeah, that is, that, is, that is very much it. Don't okay. say it like that, you meanie. <laughs> Sorry, go on, go on. No, sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're just teasing. Anyway. Uh, go ahead. We might play it. You never know. I like some Otome games. All right, go ahead. Actually, I... Uh, okay, this one is Tariq or this one's Alex? No, Tariq, Alex Tariq, Tariq, sorry. Tariq, sorry. So, um, I the, my first recommendation, I actually saw it in your backlog after the fact, so I am sure you are already planning on playing it, but I would rather you play it sooner so we can discuss it in the podcast. Okay. And that is Final Awakening. I think it is right up your alley. Mm. And again, this is, uh, I think, one of the better modern Fireman games. Um, not that I have anything against three houses, but anyway, and it is a very good starting point, even though some people say, but it's not the old school part. In my time, Spermadon was a, a thing that uh, you couldn't avoid. I think that, but, uh, because of, you can play like any difficulty and you can play either casual or classic, this is a very and the overall uh, map design for this game, I find is one of the better ones. It is a very good starting point. And I don't know if you can hear the dog barking. Oh, in the we background. can hear the dog. I'm so <laughs> That's okay. Dogs are welcome here. They bark when they bark. It's just how it is. <laughs> it's just going to be woof for the audio. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not... That one wasn't bad. That was bad. <laughs> It's better. See, so, yeah, uh, I think I, you really yeah. enjoyed this one. I, I think I would. The problem is I've got loads of SRPGs to play. Like, I love the genre. And so I've bought quite a lot and they've just started stacking up. And I, I'm borrowing Awakening, so I kind of do need to eventually give it back to my brother, who I'm borrowing it from. Um, but as you say, it's in my backlog. It's one I absolutely... Oh, you're a game kidnapper too. I am the game kidnapper too. His copy of Breath of the Wild is another one that I've uh, I've given a temporary new home. <laughs> um, so let let's one eighty this, and let's go back around. Oh no, Helen, you've got an Atome for me as well. Before we do that, yeah, I I have to think about this a mm -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. So I I went with a sillier one. Okay. Ooh, because okay. I think you would really enjoy the humor in this one, and that is Cupid Parasite. Oh, this one. Yeah, this I one. think that's probably based on how you've described it. I think 
that's probably a fair assessment of what would work better for me. Yeah, and I think uh, mainly because like their characters are very bright and silly. Like I remember, uh, I don't know if it was Rick or Alex they did last time we played Anatomy that said there's really just one uh, option for you to pick in this game. No, you have six different options here. To pick oh, from. that's what I like. And, and the game is just. It's just a blast, mainly because it is rom-com and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And there's, I don't think there's a lot of puns, but there's a lot of humor that I think you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is my pick for you. Interesting. Okay. And Let's then, eight- then mm-hmm. uh, who, is it Rick that recommends something for me? Or yep. Yeah. Okay. So we're about to go back around the circle. So I, I sort of had two recommendations for you in the sense that I almost recommended Dragon Quest Monsters um, because that did the whole open world Pokemon thing like 15 years before Pokemon tried to. It also has the benefit of doing Monster Fusion, um, not dissimilarly to how Shin Megami Tensei does it. Um, I never finished this one, but not because it's bad, just because I got distracted. It's quite fun. This isn't my recommendation because I actually had a bit more of a think. Um, and I'm instead going to recommend Lost Dimension. So this is on the Vita, which is always a good shout. Um, Beyond that, it is an interesting blend of sci-fi, Danganronpa, and Valkyrie Profile. Um, It it takes Valkyrie Profile's system more or less wholesale. So you are in this sort of turn-based, real-time hybrid um, combat where you move your character um in in space rather than on a grid um you have attacks you have combination moves um it's a really deep compelling setup what compounds that is the fact that um on each floor of this tower you're ascending um one of your group of of teammates is a traitor um and through engaging in battles in that round you find out who that is that is randomized so the, the the team synergies that you're building, um, the characters that you're leveling up, um, the way that the story blends with the people you do and don't have um, completely changes each time. And to see the true ending, you have to play it a second time, so you have to see it structured two different ways. Um, I think it's a really cool setup. I actually think the combat is arguably slightly better than Valkyria Chronicles. Um, it's a little bit different. So I don't think it's quite an, a, a direct comparison, but I do think on their merits, I had slightly more fun with Lost Dimensions combat. Um, and this is a game that's criminally um, sort of under-discussed, underrated. Um, and, you know, given... And to be fair, I think this would have been a decent recommendation for you as well, Alex, if you haven't already played it. Um, it's a game that, you know, anyone who likes those two franchises that I mentioned is absolutely going to vibe with. Yeah, the thing about this game is that I've looked into it and it sounds interesting. I was actually uh, this close to buying it like a couple of years ago. So I really see that, I I see why you think it's a good game for me. And I do think it is a good game for me, but I know I have to find it. Or like find it on the Seven Seas, that's the other option. Wow, so okay, Jay-Z. download it for free on Vita. Yeah, I have it on Vita for free actually, I have that backlogged. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, tangent. PKJG uh, Loki saved my life. I meant to talk about this when we were talking about Muramasa because you can back up saves in a way that you can't with PSN anymore on a hacked feature. Really? Yeah. So I've I've got a sixty-four gig memory card in my Vita that's slowly starting to play up. Um, if a game becomes sort of corrupted on it, your only way to move it around is to delete and reinstall it, short of like rebuilding the whole database. And if you do that, generally you lose your saves. But save manager, back that save up, delete it, reinstall it through PKJG because PSM plays funny now. Restore that save back up. You're off to the races. Hack your Vitas, people. Yeah. Have to do it. It's anyway, so sorry, you were about to... That yeah, also, it's um, easier than it ever has been. You were about to recommend Alex a game, Power, I think, and an Atene. Mm. Yes, I am. And also, I'm going to look for a Lost Dimension because I think I saw that game for really cheap over here. Um, you get physically in that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex, one thing that I'm worried about is that I already recommended this game to you. I don't know if in another episode. If you did, I won't remember. Are <laughs> you in the prior time we did this? And that is, since you are also a fan of tactical RPGs, is Chimbawe Tensei, the Bill Survivor. I don't think you recommended this and one. I'm not no, sure. You've, I haven't. Ta you've talked about this one, but I don't think you, you recommended this one to me. Well, I'll be one lighting DS. 3DS one over the DS one, as you were. Yeah, you can choose, you can pick the DS or 3DS version. If you'd rather not have your eardrums suffer from a particular uh, character's voice, which I don't particularly like, I would go with the DS version. And, uh, sorry, that was like bad press immediately. But <laughs> I, sub I basically subtweeted, I just typed 3DS in our chat. I wasn't going <laughs> to highlight it, but it's happening now. Anyway, sorry, pal, I'm going to stop derailing you now. Sorry, I just I just noticed the real survivor is DS. Funny. Exactly. And uh, where was I? Oh yeah. And sorry. The thing about it is, is that you have your characters that you move around the map, uh, but each of the characters you move is one of the summoners, like the ones that summon the demons, and two other demons hmm. that accompany them. You can really mix and match the your characters and demons however you please, which gives the and you can obtain other characters the further you go through the game, which gives your uh, main party like a lot of custom customize it. I you can customize it however you want. I was trying to look for a word which probably doesn't exist. Sorry. Customization. Customizations. Thank you. Welcome. And sorry. No, don't <laughs> You're English. So you're killing me. Thank you. Don't apologize. Don't be silly. So, and the thing is, is that every stage is really like well planned out, which I really like. And you can choose, the, and you can pick both the characters you use and the path. The, the the whole story path you're going through depending on your actions and i really like how the overall like aesthetic of the game because usually on shimmery tensei you play on a post-apocalyptic world here you're in the fucking apocalypse like mm. you're seeing it happen firsthand on the first row you and you are a part of it and 
what you do with this new information is up to you. Cool. So all different learnings like uh, reflect different things you could do in this scenario, which is really fun. It's really fun and I love it. So yeah, I think you would greatly, greatly enjoy this one. I mean, it does sound up my alley. Uh, that length makes me want to cry a little bit, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like 40, what, 43 hours. I'm like, <gasps> uh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I might've, I might've bought this when the 3DS had those huge Atlas sales. I think I may have actually purchased this one. <laughs> if not, I might, Ooh. you know, go sales. It expenses. went well cheap on the eShop at the back end of the life. Yeah. But again, yeah. download it for free if you need yeah. to. Like, if they don't want to keep supporting that ecosystem, they don't need your money. Nice. Oh, and what's the Otome? What do we got? Hit me. So this was a Hit me with your difficult boys. one to define, like to decide, because first of all, it has to be already. So like half of the indie ones, like all the indie Otome games went out the window. Oh, okay. And it also, it can be historical fiction. Because you sniff out the bullshit on it immediately. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I had to think, okay, well, think, think, think. Oh, mystery. Color Mollies. That's the one I'm recommending to you. Oh. Only because of how the X-State cases go and how the common route is like super short. Oh. So yeah, you... You are speaking my language and, a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> the common road is super short. Like it is like a prologue more than a chapter. Mm. And then you go immediately into uh pairing up with one of the other guys that is trying to solve the X-State cases, and you investigate one or two of the cases together. And once you if you ever want to know or like play all the routes, you don't get like a lot of repetition. You get like very different. Oh, um, interesting. You don't get repetition in the sense that, oh, maybe um, at this point this happens and then this other point, this other thing happens. The only thing you that kind of match up in, matches up in any in every route is that you start, I think at the beginning of December, and then you end near Christmas, but that's like that's the time frame you're given to investigate the X case X day cases. And so it's a Christmas game. I think I know when I'm playing it. <laughs> yeah, hmm. it, it is for a, for a Christmas game. And again, another thing that backs a lot of uh, people is when there's um, underage characters. Though so everyone here is an adult. Nice. Uh, I don't think there's a, there's kind of like a Shota each character, but it's more like a blink <laughs> more than an actual Shota. And I didn't get all that reference, but okay. <laughs> sorry, uh, a very skinny guy more than a Shota. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like. And there's like this interesting case that I think you're gonna really dig. That's a thing. So that's my recommendation. Nice. Uh, you know that probably out of all of them because you know uh, I see it's only ten hours, which again that's not bad for like not basically a novel. So but this one there is a chance actually I would say. 
Yeah. If we ever do a Tomei again, I would probably do this one. Um, okay. Back to me for my last one. And give me mm. hopes like that if you're gonna like just pull the rag out. <laughs> it is on Vita, uh, so that like, gives me a lot more opportunities. Um, yeah. All right. So for this one, so long as there's no objections, I think you're gonna enjoy this game. So. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, I I thought about this because, as you know, I am a uh, incredible lover of the Ace Attorney series. But I know that you uh, don't like Ace Attorney. But I know that you do love <laughs> Professor Layton. So my recommendation is Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. And the reason why I think you'll actually like this one is because I know that your main issue with Ace Attorney was that there's a lack of kind of in, like uh, internal um, logic, like a consistency to logic. Yeah. But Professor Layton is all about internal logic. Right, even if it's kind of wild and crazy, they, those games are about having a consistency to them, so that things all kind of play out. So the thing with this game is that this game takes all of that from Layton and overlays it with Phoenix Wright. So what you end up getting is the really fun courtroom shenanigans of Phoenix Wright, but the investigations are all Professor Layton puzzles, um, and Layton even comes into the courtroom to make sure that there's consistency and logic within it. Because he's the one who's all like, ah, we must use logic, boy, kind of deal. He's basically Sherlock Holmes before <laughs> the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles ha happened. Um, and it's, in fact, like what I think is neat about this game is it is in both parts one of the best Professor Layton games and one of the best Ace Attorney games, um, which is saying something. Because the Professor Layton games kind of go downhill a little bit later. Um, and this one, I'd say, is extremely fun. I had a blast with and in terms of like um, Professor Lane or like Phoenix Wright games, um, the length of it is like it's 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 longish. It's like 24 hours for the main story, but that's adding into the fact that you don't have any like the 24 hours is literally combining all the good parts of Ace Attorney with all the good parts of Professor Lane. Right. And minusing out any of the stuff that's kind of like eh, in between. So that's my recommendation because I actually think you would dig this one if you give it a shot. The reason I'm low-key laughing is that is another game I've stolen off my brother. Oh, really? And I, think, <laughs> I think the cartridge for that and Fire Emblem, I think they're actually like with each other. That's and amazing. It's just a, be it's a beautiful dovetail that neither of you could have known you were, you were making happen. Yeah, no idea. Well, that's good. You should do those ones then. Because, yeah, I think, and it's a handout, right? I, I actually, I, I do genuinely think you would probably enjoy this one. Like, um, it's, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I borrowed it. I think I probably will as well. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, yeah. Who'd have thought we'd have actually all picked the same ones? Now to cap off this big ass episode, let's all play. How long to beat the game? So let me. Uh... Oh my god, my dog is licking my hand so ferociously right now. <laughs> I don't think anyone can hear it, but she's just like going to town at the moment which probably means she wants food from me or something um <laughs> uh okay so i actually already uh rolled because i believe it's my turn um and it so is. the game that you are going to be uh, guessing the times of is the lord of the rings conquest Ooh. is that the psp one no this is a um i believe this one this one is the one that it's it's like the it's like the Battlefront Lord of the Rings. 
Ooh, it, okay. it was like a Battlefront 2 style game. And it actually was made by the same studio that made Battlefront. Battlefront. Oh, Battlefront okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Made by the same studio that made Battlefront. Um, here's what I'd like to just before you start, or if you already have searched things up, have you, have any of you seen the platforms for this one yet? Uh, no. I was literally just looking at that and unfortunately I have spoiled that one a little okay, bit. Was that going to be your bonus? Well, I was going to ask that. you how many platforms has it been released on, but if you've seen that already. I've spoiled that one as well. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. Um, hmm, what have you not spoiled? Um, hmm. <laughs> okay, here's what I'm going to ask. So, it, this was released on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PC, and it had a baffling Nintendo DS release that is, like, entirely different from uh, the, the game itself. So, the question that I have for you is how many people on How Long to Beat have been polled um, as having played the Nintendo DS uh, release? Actually, you know what? Not Ooh. the amount. What percentage of people have played the DS uh, version? The percentage. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. So the percentage of the total pool of people that have exactly. played it. Yeah. That would be fun. Okay. Yeah, we haven't done that before. <laughs> so I want to know that. <laughs> yeah, this game is uh, pretty interesting. It, it, it's, um, I think fairly rightly maligned um it, it it had a lot of interesting ideas in it it just ended up being kind of like bleh. um it's not like a horrible game by any means and with friends it's actually pretty fun it's just kind of busted um in a lot of ways okay like it's not balanced well and like yeah it's just i don't know it was one of those games that you could have an absolute blast in co-op because it is basically just Lord of the Rings, but with the with Battlefront. But then the problem with that is that, you know, Battlefront's all about shooting, right? <laughs> um, and sure, you had the Jedi that you could come in with, but let's be honest here. It was bad. Like, I, I love Battlefront 2, but the Jedi fights were rough. And the only reason they worked is because you were a hero, right? And you were jumping around like crazy and you're swinging a lightsaber like a madman. But then if you have you know, warriors who are using swords, it looks really stupid when you start to do your fighting because they're just kind of like, ah, 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 and like not really hitting each other. It, it wasn't great. Okay, I think I just got them both in here. Um, Mine are already in. I'm just looking at a DS playthrough and it it's actually remarkably okay looking for a DS title, whether it the, played the, anywhere. Yeah, it's bad. The DS one, it just has, it looks great, <laughs> but it, it, it had a lot of baffling decisions that were made on it. But anyway, um, okay. Let's uh, let's go here. So, uh, for the main story here, uh, Paula says six hours, and Rick said, "Okay, six hours." You both said six hours, so you both get a point because nice. uh, it's exactly <laughs> six hours. So you are correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you you two were uh, spot on the money. Um, so let me mark that down. So Paula got one there. Rick got one. Um, and just before we got game in, got into this, the score was me six, Paula five, and Rick four. So we were all pretty darn close. Uh, so Paula mm. has said main plus is eight hours and 30 minutes. Uh, Rick says that main plus is seven hours. Uh, the actual time is eight hours. So that one's going to go to Paula just by half an hour. Those pesky half hours. Yeah, those pesky half hours, they will sometimes, uh, they will sometimes do it. So that puts Paula at seven so far. 
Um, all right. For 100%, Rick has said 10 hours. Paula has said 10 hours and 30 minutes. Uh, the time is... Oh. Your face tells me it's 10 hours and 30 minutes. It's 10 hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that point goes Paula. But there are two points to be gained here, um, which you never know. That's going to be interesting. So... Um, Paula has said for the DS, so I was saying, what's the percentage of players who played it on the DS? And uh, Paula said 1.2%. And Rick has said 5%. Wow, that what? is what interesting. What specific percentage? Yeah, it's not the correct percentage. Um, did you say 1% or 2%, Paula, or is that 1.2? Because you have 1, 2. <laughs> that's it. Oh, 1.2. Okay, that's fair. Maybe use commas. I don't know. Are doing point percentages? I mean, you can, I guess, but there's no point percentages on the site. So, um, but... Really? Yeah, That did save you, though, Paola, because the percentage is 3%, which means Paola is 1.8% off of your two. I want to be points That's bollocks. Here's what I could do with this, because that's so close and they don't have these 0.1 percentages on the site. I think it'd be fair to both give you a point for that because I, I think you I'll both, you, you, I think you technically tied on this one um, because yeah. I would say that that is 1% and 5% that you guessed essentially. Um, Cause I'm going to round down. So yeah, are we, we're both fair with that. I think that's fair. I'm happy. We're, we're perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So then that means that the scores now are actually still anyone's game. Um, I'm still obviously at six. Uh, Paula's at nine and Rick is at, at six as well. So Rick and I, uh, neck and neck there. Um, and Paula has a bit of a lead with the three, but that could change the next week. Um, mm. thanks for sticking in for this two and a half hour episode on how long to be like that. Uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye. That's one marathon. Oh my God. <laughs>